Hello, and welcome to the BNY Gaming Podcast. I am your host, Owen Shannon. Joining me is the DM, Peter Gorski. How are you? I'm doing pretty swell, Owen. And we have the return of the basket maker, Mark Gorski. How are you? Oh, I feel like a king today, Owen. Why do you feel like a king? Uh, you know, just making some victory laps with my my one of my favorite games out there right now, Immortality, with its open critic score of 92. I got a nice uh, full body massage today, even celebrated. Uh, it's been good. Life is good right now. That's all I can say. Um, now, I should have... I should have been there on the immortality train. You like told me about it on a pod and left it available for like a while. Mm -hmm. And it's from the creator of her story. And uh, I never remember the name of the second game. Telling lies. Telling lies. Yeah. Both games considered to be like, wow, they like change gaming type of art games. And you know, you, you being pretentious pays off. I think the way that Peter would say, like with his uh, like 2022 bets, where he's like, oh, I know this industry more. I think I just know good games more. That's my take from the league. I know good games. I'm still, we, getting, I'm still getting the predictions, at least. I'm still getting the fucking predictions. I'm just going to install XCOM 2 at this point, just right now. We need to... Uh, we need to have a little discussion about the league today, because there is some drama. Yeah, there is. Owen, guess who planted the idea in my head to do it? I don't care if it was no, Joe. No, it was Mark. I, Mark, well, yes, I, I, hang I, on. Mark yesterday came into my room and said, oh, can you believe Immortality's doing so well? I'm like, no, I can't. I was like, oh, I wonder if there's like, anything you can do to stay. Like, Maybe you could trade with someone. Maybe you could see if anyone's willing to give up any games. And that's when I texted Joe. I, I was joking. Nothing. No, he was. No, he wasn't. He came into my room. He's like, "Oh, I want to see if you know Joe's got anything. What anything James has." He came in and he told me to do it, and he knows he did. It was. I would not have tried it if Mark didn't tell me to do it. I didn't tell you. I just said. A I thing. might be team. Trades are illegal next year. I might push for that because these aren't. These aren't football players. There is no like real variability throughout the year. Um, so I don't see any reason for trades to actually be much of a thing. But so what happened today is that Peter tried to get through a trade between him and Joe of Dad Hawk Games where Peter would get Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope for $20 of budget and little devil inside. I don't know why he was giving me $20. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't ask for $20. No, you, you were giving him $20. Oh, yeah, no. Okay, yeah, well, that was fine. Um, I, I was. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. There's no world where that trade should have gone through. If he wants, if we are both willing and able to do it when he's already done, Joe has lost. He admits he lost. That's not a hidden thing. Oh, we have to be careful. Like, you know, like, t- like, t- like, he's already out of the league. Joe has already told me he's thinking. He's already get- thinking about twenty twenty three. He's not thinking about the stream anymore. He's already plotting out what he's going to do next year. And I just don't understand why Sparks of Hope has to drown 
with him when it's still going to be a high point value game that I was almost, if you go back and listen to the recording, when he picks it, it was literally, I was about to pick it right after him. Yeah, but, cool. That doesn't matter. When we're both willing and able of sound mind and body to make that trade, I don't see why it's a problem. This is not a libertarian system. This is something where competition has to be withheld. Here's what I call And if he wants to collude to give you his highest scoring game for an indie game that is not going to come out this year, that's not going to happen. Here's... Where I call bullshit on you. If Mark and James had said, yeah, we're fine with it, you still wouldn't have okayed it. Nope, I wouldn't have. And see, that's bullshit. That's not a de- that's not democracy right there. That's you taking control of the league. I never said it league. was democracy. Yeah. That I said, see, that's disgusting. I, I know how to maintain integrity here. And if you guys do, which I mean, ugh, there's an open market for trading, I guess. I mean, Mark could make an offer to Joe. If you guys do Overwatch 2 for Sparks of Hope, it is a more reasonable thing. I can't we, turn that down. Then we are going to do, we can literally do that right now. We well, like, You could. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to offer him Scarlet and Violet formally. I know I said it in our chat, but I'd like to really extend the offer if he wants. You Pokemon just got there. a 92 Hail Mary. You are not getting anything no, else. You, you opened up the door that trades are a thing here. What? So, what do you mean? I opened up the door. They added the feature in March. It's a thing you were all allowed but, but to. But we we just haven't done it. So like, what have you, you had the first to trade? You the door. Throw up your own ass with your pride, with your seventy-two Trek to Yomi. You have thought I'm ironclad. Nothing's leaving me. I'm proud of what I have. Well, Whereas, I was proud of what I had. It would have been smart for me to trade Stray instead of dropping it. That would have been smart. Yeah, and then you, you and you also drop two point campus for James too. Don't forget that. Actually, oh, I'm aware. Okay, Owen, how about this? If Peter and Owen decide to collude like this, do you Peter, want Peter and Joe. Pardon me, pardon me. If Peter and Joe really want to do this, do you need Bayonetta three, Owen? No, because I I'm not playing that type of game. I'm not a fucking sleaze ball. Mark, he thinks we're all sli- The four of us would all do it. Me, me and Joe have uh, already no, shown no, we're willing no, to do it. I, You're I, willing I, to do it. James is also no, willing no, no, to do no. it. Don't put words in my mouth. I would not do it. I would only do it in retaliation, fighting fire with fire. I am. This above. is. So you would trade. You, so what about you? This is something Mark? that would not pass in all versions of fantasy leagues oh my god owen we are we are gaming enthusiasts we're not football junkies all right you're talking to fucking losers all right that's great mark and i aren't i'm starting to like football i'm not a junkie in any other system this one well great that's not what we're doing are we we're honorable people peter I'm sorry you Motherfucker, can't. Motherfucker, uh, if, yes, if he says yes, hold on. If he says yes to that Sparks of Hope trade, you will fuck with your fingers crossed behind your back. You will make that trade any goddamn day, Mark. You are a liar. And he's again, allowed to trade Pokemon for Sparks of Hope. That's a reasonable trade. And again, he's the one who told me to do this. He's the one who planted the idea in my head, and he knows he is. That's again, why he's... Peter. Again, it was a joke. It was just no. I, I don't like. I don't like your eyes. lack of accountability, Peter. I well, I don't think I have to be held accountable because I don't regret it. You're squirming, Peter, right now, trying to. No, I'm not, no, I will fully. I think what I did was fully fine. I still, I don't regret it. I don't see any issues with it. I just don't like that. Again, I mean, for people, 
our friend group has existed for about 11 years. And usually a thing that happens is whenever uh, someone else does something wrong, I get blamed for it. Case in point, there's always times wherever, our, you know, James of Trash Gaming would make a bad joke or come up with something. And then I relate to people that said bad joke. And they're like, how could you say that? And I tell them, well, James was the one who came up with it. And he said it. They're like, yes, but you also said it. I always get blamed when someone else has either done what I did or is also a part of it. Mark is the one who planted the idea in my head. I don't regret it, but if you're well, going to get mad the at thing me, is that Mar I think Mark, Mark didn't say, maybe you should see if Joe will take, will give you his best game for pennies. What the fuck else were you then referring to, Mark? What else could you have possibly been referring to? Even if God of War, I don't know. Why on earth would I do that? I'm not trying to say that's what I... Was All he said was that maybe you would do a trade. Haha. -ha. Emphasis on the haha -ha at the end. Of no! The oh my god! I. <laughs> we all heard the haha. -ha. We all heard it. Said, well, I mean, again, ha -ha, it's, funny joke. Ha -ha. I just don't see why I'm the bad guy. When it's again, it's not like I went to Joe going like I'm gonna come to your house and break your ever like every day you don't into the trade. I'm gonna break another window. Like I said, I said, hey Joe, are you okay with it? She's like, yeah, I'm totally down with this. this is big. I'm fine with it. And then we are both willing and able. We didn't force anything out of each other. And he's fine with it. And I don't see the issue. Well, Joe, if we, when you're listening to this, uh, let's let's talk. Let's do business. If you're going to be sinking on the Titanic, why not sink on the Titanic with your with your beloved? You know, we'll talk. I probably could have gotten like, I probably could have gotten Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak from Joe if I just traded Pokemon Legends. Yes, you probably, probably could have. <laughs> Um, he's probably when when the unfortunate day comes that Joe leaves this world, he's probably going to be buried with every copy of every Pokemon game he owns. And I, I look forward I would, to the funeral. I would like that for him. Owen, uh, I want to. I just reminded myself of something. I need to take the mic. Uh, we can we can say this on recording. Uh, I am giving. I've over the last year or so. I have plans to live for a very long time, but I've said this to, like, I think Mark and Joe. If I'm the first one to die in our group of friends, I have a request at my funeral that only a few of you can carry out. I will request to be buried in the ground, and as my coffin is being lowered, I want half of the people standing around to pull out a bag of bold party Chex Mix and start eating it. But not everybody. I want half the people to pull out and start eating it so that the other half is alarmed that they missed a memo on something. <laughs> and that they feel like pieces of shit. They're like, "Why? oh my god, are we supposed to bring Chex Mix? I didn't know this. Did, did you know this? <laughs> and then the ha it just the, I want to just create a, just a mass confusion one last time before I fully leave this earth. I think there's be, like it would be better if you also had like a priest who's also in it, like a very sweet, innocent priest, and says, "Now please bring out your old party checks mix." And he brings out his; he's eating it as well. Everyone says, and, like, I'm good. "People I've known for like 15 years or 16 years, like, oh my god, I didn't do this. Oh my god, I'm a bad <laughs> So that is one request. You are one of the bold party checks mix people. I want you to start eating that as I'm being lowered into the ground. Okay, any listeners out there, if, if you aren't explicitly part of this, just forget what you heard. Yeah, yeah, especially <laughs> yeah. if you, yeah, you didn't hear that. 
Then, before we move on to the rigmarole as we leave the league, I want to bring up a nervous ADHD tick I've formed in the last, like, oh, year. Oh, I forgot about this. Oh, and I, I, I don't, this just made me remember it, thankfully. I don't like that I do this. I don't understand why I do this. But it's just something I self-consciously do, and I need... Maybe if I say it out loud, it'll make my brain stop. So, if you go to PlayStation.com, there is a section of... We actually used it when we uh, were kicking the shit out of Sony Bent a few months ago. There is a portion of their website that is specifically PlayStation Studios. And if you go there right now, you will see that Bungie and Haven Studios still do not have uh, slots on the website. And they always take a long time to update their websites. They did the same thing with Housemark, did the same thing with Blue Point, Fire Sprite, blah, 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 blah. I have a nervous tick that if I'm ever just like taking a shit, or I'm just like in an elevator or waiting for like a short span of time to go. I go to the PlayStation Studios website and see if they've added any developers that they've bought. Just for the sake of the website being up to date. I don't know how this started. I don't know why I do it. It doesn't matter to me that the website isn't finished or sufficient. But for some reason, my brain has locked onto that. As in like a nervous ADHD check tick that I just check to see if they've added Haven Studios and Bungie. That's like it drives that, me insane that I do. That's this. like looking at like an ex's Instagram or something. I don't <laughs> like, understand why I do it. And then whenever I finish, like, why am I here? This doesn't fucking matter to me. I don't care. But it's just something I formed. I Go think ahead. you do care about Haven specifically. I think you care. Why do I care about Haven? But no work. I did the predictions. I sure. did the same thing with Blue Point and Housemark. This oh, is wow. You've been doing this a while. Yes. Yes. How often I, do you go to Xbox.com, Peter? Never. I don't give a shit. I don't know. I never go to Xbox. I, I, I don't. I don't so go cool to check PlayStation.com. Like what? What are they? What are they? I Mark, you, I don't know. I don't know. Why I, do you hate Xbox? Well, I don't even. I well again. Well, if I are you had, biased against Xbox? Right, I mean, right now maybe because again, it's <laughs> like again we always talk about PlayStation. Again, PlayStation just bought a studio. PlayStation has probably a PlayStation Five showcase coming uh, in September. PlayStation Five has God of War coming out, whereas Xbox is just when that Activision deal closes. Oh, Game Pass, Game Pass, Phil Spencer. Like it's the same. It's the same five sentences. That the Xbox community has been saying since January of this year, nothing and is And this is just a reminder that Game Pass is the best deal in gaming. I would give up my first newborn for five years on uh, membership paid for Xbox Game Pass, and you're a fucking fool if you wouldn't. But, again, I do not know. Wait, what? I would give up my firstborn for five years of Xbox Game Pass. You can't just pay, like... I don't know, like a few hundred dollars for the best deal in gaming. I need my money to also no. Well, I'm such a hardcore Xbox fan that not only will I pay for five years of Game Pass, I will also buy the games to make sure that I'm supporting Xbox and I'm supporting my favorite developer. Okay, good. I was uh, I care about the dev. I didn't realize that you were doing a bit initially because I was expecting you. To say that you would give up your firstborn just so that people would stop tweeting 
about how it's the best deal on gaming. Oh no, no, you're the one who hate follows people. I don't do that. Oh no, I don't. I don't follow these people anymore, and I still see it. Ooh, Basically, everyone in gaming, hate. I guess I hate follow. <laughs> I really think you do. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I I just get big mad at gaming Twitter all the time. I hope that I drop this. Uh, there's a few political things I frequently look into, whether it's legislation or just like his like events happening in the year that I do frequently look up just to get updates on. And, but I'm willing to bet PlayStation Studios might be like my most looked up thing in Google search of, of this year, and I don't like that. Because again, it, I'm, it's not like I'm there for minutes on end. I'm there for seconds, and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I snap out of it, and then I leave. And I'm hoping that airing this into, you know, into the public will make it so that I fucking stop doing that. Well, I I hope you can grow past this. I do, too. All right. Uh, can I ask we Peter have... one last question on the matter of this? We can get out of this. I well, we have one to do the, we, ha- we haven't even done the intro yet. We haven't, but Peter, why are you on PlayStation.com more often than you are on like just browsing the Game Pass like catalog? Yeah, catalog. Why, why would I be browsing that? Game Pass while I'm taking a dump, Mark? I don't know. Like looking at the games you have access to versus. Why would I be checking Game Pass if I'm ever out and about in an Uber or in an this elevator? This is confirmation that Peter likes acquisitions more than he likes games. That's all I'm saying. Whoa, why? No, but that doesn't make sense okay, because they've well, already no, also the doesn't studio. make sense. Why are you checking fucking Haven Studios and PlayStation.com while you have I, shit? I, it's not just Haven. I told you I've been doing For this example, Haven Blue Studios. Point. Peter wakes up screaming in the middle of the night, just yelling the name Jade Raymond. Like, I'm willing to bet my I will start doing this when the Savage acquisition also finalizes, and I, I'm never going to play any game that they put out. I'm never going to play any game that they put out. Like, uh, no. Yet. Yet. And For again, they, the, so, the PlayStation, PlayStation's already acquired these studios. I don't know why I'm checking the website to make sure did they really, really acquire them? But did they re- Like, I don't have an actual reason as to why I do it. It's just something I've latched onto. And I fucking hate it. You're asking me, like, explain yourself. I can't do it because I don't have an answer. All right. I don't care anymore. I hope you get past this. Um, Being more gaming podcast, we have episodes. uh, I think we're going to be able to get back on a weekly clip here of each Monday. Thankfully, Um, we're we're going into a month where we're going to have a PlayStation Showcase, a Nintendo Direct, a a TGS. We're having a a month where things are actually going to be happening. Oh, I forgot about TGS. Yeah. And Um, Disney Expo also, I think, is this month, right? D23 is September 8th, and they do have a gaming portion of it. Sweet. We're going to have stuff coming up. Uh, If you're new to the show, I always encourage you can look at our backlog. Very topic-based, evergreen podcast episodes. Please rate us on podcast services. And this would be a portion where I tell you what Game Club game we're playing. We wanted to kind of debate this on the pod. We don't need to save this to the end. Do we just do it now? Yeah, I, uh, right I want to do Mirror's Edge, please. Uh, oh, All right. What do? Uh, give me time. Actually, I do. I do have one. What you got? 
I wouldn't, as long as no one has beaten this game, I'd be down to do it. Super hot. I have not played super hot. I've also not played. How long is it? Two and a half hours. The games I was going to suggest, not two and a half hours. What were you going to suggest? Uh, either Assassin's Creed Syndicate or Plague's Tale. Oh my gosh, what the fuck did that first one come from? I actually, I one day, I could be convinced to play Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Yeah, part of me just has an itch to like try out what is the best of non-open world Assassin's Creed of okay. recent okay. history. I can actually start seeing that. Especially because with some of the news, like uh, with the new Assassin's Creed, the Mirage one that was leaked, is that looks like they're trying to scale down from open world because nobody was playing all of the content that they pumped into those games and a return to form and what that looks like in modern day. I'm, I don't know, certainly curious as much as I've I'm heard. Not a big Assassin's Creed guy. Now, Syndicate mainly got a bad rap because it was when people just like turned on the fact that they were getting a yearly assassin's creed Mm -hmm. but a lot of people say that that timing was just unfortunate more than anything because syndicate's actually a really good game yeah i've I've definitely heard the same thing and being so far removed from it god knows the last time any of us played an assassin's creed what if we played a good assassin's creed game i don't know could be cool this is this is you're making a good case right now for us to be open to it in like six months yes yeah Dare I tell you guys how long to beat the time is for that game, though? Well, dare dare tell us. It is 18 hours, it says. We will take yeah, four months to play it. I mean, and you if, we, if we weren't cowards, 18 hours is very manageable. But he so, said, yeah. we're talking in six months. Do you know how front-loaded 2023 is with new releases? Well, That's what's true. coming out in February, guys? I don't know. I don't have it memorized. Well, me neither. Therefore, I think maybe that could be the month. Maybe February we tackle Assassin's Creed. We're not going to... Okay, we're talking this month right now. We're not... What are we playing right now? What are we playing right now? Uh, Sounds like it could be one of three games. Do we feel strongly about any of the three here? Mirror's Edge, Plague's Tale, Superhot is where we're at right now. Okay. Uh, Vote Superhot, say aye. Aye. Vote Plague Tale, say aye. Aye. Uh, vote Mirror's Edge, say aye. Aye, this is fantastic. We have a whole episode to record, and we can't move on until we figure this out. So, how are we going to decide this? Uh, um, let me see how long to beat Mirror's Edge. I believe it's like five or six hours. I feel like the longest of the three games should be the one we pick. Okay, here's, here's a take I almost said before we recorded. Um, Plague Tale seems incredibly boring to me. Ooh. Oh, they got rats in that game. I'm very interested in it, Mark. I'm very interested in Plague Tale, personally. I wish I was more interested, but I know that I've, I've seen videos that include Plague Tale stuff. I know there's a lot of carrying a light so that rats scurry away. Um... I do hear the story is good, but I'm finding myself. I like can't be propelled through a game because of story. I need to like actually like playing it. I feel like you're now going through some sort of metamorphosis as I'm 
coming back to my love of actually playing games. I I'm not in a out of love with games place. I'm more in like a I wish I was playing what I actually want to be playing, but instead I keep trying to play like this is potential game of the year nominee. And that's why I was early in the year and I hated it. And now I'm back to playing what I want to play and I'm I'm happy again. I just want to play Hitman. That's all I want to do. Um and I haven't been doing it. I also I just want to play a game like Super Hot that's just like all gameplay, all fun. That's what Mirror's Edge is. Mirror's Edge, I could I could be convinced, maybe. I, I want to do Mirror's Edge, and also, like, right now, for me, it's super hot or Mirror's Edge. Mark, I do want to do Plague Tale. I would love that. Honestly, if that's the next one, I'm fine with that. So what but, if we uh, we all come together and we decide to do all three games, but in a certain order? How's that sound? I think, that's I think that could comp- happen. I think it's a good compromise. But what if I swapped out Plague Tale with Assassin's Creed? No. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially since Plague Tale can at least lead us into a sequel. The sequel. What um, if we did Mirror's Edge, Plague Tale, Super Hot? Uh well, let's hold on. If we're gonna line this up, is this going to would the game we pick now be the September game? Yes. We finish it for the last week of September. Here, how about we don't be cowards? And we play a six-hour game in two weeks. I was going to say, because I know where we're going with this. Then we want to do Plague Tale so that we can play Requiem when it comes out in October. Yes. Then, yeah, I say we just do, yeah, let's do, let's let's finally do two games a month. Never been done before. Let's do Mirror's Edge first, then into a Plague Tale. All right. Okay. I'm I'm cool with this. And then... Yeah, and then we can do super hot at some point. I don't know about the rest of the year, though, because then if we do this and I actually like Plague Tale, then I'll have Plague Tale Requiem, Sparks of Hope, God of War. Like, I have a lot more ga- I've You know, I don't think I'll be doing any more Games Club after mm-hmm. these two. Got Splatfest also, like, every couple of weeks, too, Peter. Got to think of that. Yeah, we got Splatoon coming. I hope I like that. Um, I know. When I does just Splatoon got- come out? Uh, in a, like in two weeks, I feel like. Damn. Less okay. than maybe. I, I, think I like don't want to be spending sixty dollars on games if I want Splatoon. Were you playing the Splatfest at all? The trial that they had? No, I wasn't. Damn. Is we it had over, a, I assume? Up, it is over. Yeah. People were very high on it. People were very yeah. high on it. I just like Big Man. He's very cool. I just like Splatoon. I, I think. If I really let myself take the dive, I could put a lot of hours into Splatoon 3. I I mean, I know in 2020, like during the pandemic, we had a couple nights where we all played together, and I had a fucking wonderful time. Yeah, I mean, it's... We're morons, basically. Yep. Every time we've ever played that game, we have fun. Guess you guys don't like fun. Jeez, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Um... All right, so we're going to do Mirror's Edge. We're going to get it done immediately. Moving on. Topic number one. We are talking about cloud gaming. Logitech has a, has a sexy new handheld they just revealed. Mark, this caught your eye. 
yeah if you want to share share this with us so they had announced logitech and tencent putting together this uh handheld and they wanted they emphasized it would be focusing on cloud gaming then it leaks this week's actual screenshots of it and its ui that was confirmed real because uh logitech like struck them with a dmc just saying like hey do not post this they struck them immediately so everyone's like okay this is real and it looks kind of comfortable it looks like you'll have the google play store as well uh you can see an xbox icon uh, steam icon youtube a couple other apps on there so like there there could be a bunch of cool little things packed in there which uh it it has me curious of not just how many people are going to hop onto this cloud gaming thing but is anyone going to to really do something that really makes it stick and I'm, I know we've talked a little bit about cloud gaming. I think anyone who's listened to us in the past could guess what our own personal stances on cloud gaming are, what it, what it would take for us to be like invested in there. I know uh, as someone who's getting physical games, they really can't sell me on anything, but uh, people are going to keep trying this. Uh, and I don't know if, if Logitech wants to put out this console that's... Uh, who knows what the price will look like because we've talked about steam deck versus the switch what is logitech and tencent's thing versus the switch conversation started like what if this console is like 150 dollars and it's just a better gaming device for playing mobile games and you have all the streaming access on it assuming at a point in time cloud gaming is not uncomfortable to play too is it worth your money at that point i i don't know uh maybe maybe it is for a cheaper steam machine you know or steam machine uh steam deck uh i i'm curious because i know netflix uh is also doing their kind of thing they've bought studios at the very least so they're going to have exclusives and i think uh when it comes to say the generation let's say 2000s where there are multiple competitors in the handheld market and that was a time where i i actually was torn like oh i have the game boy advance but there are games on the psp i would like to play and that was actually a driving force that I would want it to. If these streaming platforms suddenly also do that, does that really change the game? Is that enough? Uh, I don't know. I want to extend that question to you guys. Like, if there were exclusives you were interested in, would that push you to buy these handhelds? Um. Well, I just don't think that there's going to be these cloud exclusives on the handhelds. Mm-hmm. Um. And beyond that. I I wouldn't be shocked if neither of you remember or any of our listeners. I have a cloud gaming setup and I don't use it. I, I bought an unlocked Galaxy phone for like $150 and I bought like a grip thing and I got all excited about it. And then I realized, well, this was back when I was living with my parents. The internet wasn't good enough there. If I want to use it in my current apartment, I basically need to be directly next to my router. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes it a not very good investment. Oh, still. what internet provider do you currently have? Fucking Spectrum. Oh God, it's horrible. Um, but uh, getting FiOS in the city is not an option. Peter. Any thoughts on cloud gaming as Mark brought up here? I don't see what I don't really get how anyone could have an issue with it. I can understand why it wouldn't be someone's prerogative or preferred method of playing games. That's fine. But anyone who's just hostile to it, I don't understand. 
It to but me, it just seems like an inevitability, especially with the sorts of companies who are investing money into it. And mm -hmm. with XCloud, Microsoft is already proving it can be done and can be done well. It's going to catch on more and more. As I mean, and I think with PlayStation's uh, purchase earlier this week of Savage Game Studios, they're now going to begin heavily investing into mobile. Nintendo has already been, but I think the first step is mobile games, and once you've already got a feeling for that, then you go into the next leap of actually developing your mainline first-party console games for the portable experience. Mobile in multiple forms is becoming an essential part of gaming. I know everyone when we were in our... like Siren on my end. I know. That's the people who refuse to believe that. They're freaking the fuck out. They're calling on the police. When we were teenagers, I remember... Whenever anyone would talk about mobile gaming, we would all just gag. Just like, oh, no one cares about that. What are we talking about? It's console and PC. It's where is that? Mobile is now a third pillar of gaming, and anyone who's still trying to reject that is hanging on to a past that no longer exists. And if the, cloud... Go ahead. I just want to... No, you know what? I won't, I won't interrupt. Finish your take. Well, I just feel like the air has been taken out of me. Yeah, but... sorry, sorry. I wanted to react to the mobile gaming statement, but well, that was going to take us in a whole different direction. Fine, fine, I will. Every once in a while, I think, you know what? I bet mobile gaming has gotten like really good, and I'm going to look into it and download some games. I download some games, and they are complete and utter shit. Just completely horrible. What games did you try? Just, um, I, I don't know. I haven't done it in a while. But literally the only one that I hit as a game that I wanted to play on my phone was da -da -da -da, Tetris. A good everything, else, everything else is either like too much of a commitment to play on your phone or... It's just so littered with like ads and stuff that it's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. Now, good old Fire Emblem Heroes, still a fun experience, I think. I, I think it's just it's that. a money sponge. Oh, never play that game. It's pretty generous as far as God. They're, they're all they're all money sponges. I don't, and also, I just don't like playing something on my phone. I mm -hmm. I liked it when I was thirteen, and now I don't. I have enough things to do on my phone already. I think that, like, I, by 2025, especially as broadband internet expands more and more, I think you're going to start seeing cloud gaming become more of a household thing. Do you I think, don't see Peter, how that doesn't happen. Uh, do you think at some point, whether it's Tencent whether it's Netflix or someone else who joins the the, the the ring, does somebody, whether it's through their streaming service specifically or tied to a platform, say you can only stream our game here? Does that ever happen? It depends entirely on what Microsoft does. You think it really revolves around that? Because I think xCloud is the furthest along of this development. So I mm -hmm. think Microsoft has the unique capability of setting the trend and if they don't do that shit i don't see others doing that mm -hmm. i wonder if like because logitech's is tencent i wonder if tencent would like in advertisement specifically like throw pokemon unite in a lot of their face 
advertisement because like they that is partially their game. I don't think Nintendo like, would allow that though. I I don't like I would guess that maybe also or the Pokemon company would be like we're super protective of this brand you can't touch it. Uh but whether it's just like an ads basically it's just like hey look we have Pokemon here. Come play this because you can download it on the Google Play Store of course. I don't know. I don't think they would have like something like a trailer where like Charizard and Master Chief and fucking anything on Steam, whatever you want to call it, is just in the same trailer by any means. But like, I feel like, uh, I don't know. I feel like they can take one by one stuff that has Tencent's name specifically on it if they want to try to build their platform. But it doesn't really feel like a lot of these streaming services are trying to build a platform a la Stadia tried to do, like where they said, we are, we're in the ring. We are a mainstay here. Everyone else is just like, we just want to launch a device that works and go from there. Which is probably the, the right mindset, honestly. Everyone, no one took Stadia seriously when they tried to do that. I mean, look at XCloud. I mean, I, think I don't X-Cloud know. XCloud is taking it very seriously. I think they're taking it very seriously, but like they already are Xbox. This is like a side gig to them where Stadia so is like. So you're talking about a company that this is their main staple. I mean, this I'm, that's what thing. I'm talking about. Like, I'm pointing at Tencent and Netflix specifically here because okay. I see them. Like I that. don't think Netflix is in the financial situation to be able to start focusing on something like this, if I'm it's being true. perfectly honest. I think it depends on how well their games pick up. Like, I was thinking to myself, there's a couple of games. I, I have my notes for games I want to play this year. One of them is Moonlighter. I hate uh, to be the one to tell you, Oxenfree 2 is not going to save the Netflix empire, no I matter think, how good it is. I don't think it's going to either. But what I noticed was that a game I want to play, Moonlighter, is available on Netflix right now. And also another game, Into the Breach, a game I want to play available on Netflix. And another game, Before Uh, Your Eyes. True, it is there. Immortality also there, if anyone is interested and you don't have Game Pass. So, Not that they have like a bad lineup. Spiritfarer is coming to Netflix also. A cool little game, but... Spiritfarer is willing to sign up with with any subscription service. They just left Game Pass, and now they're going to PlayStation. Oh, well, okay. Good for Spiritfarer. Um, that is interesting. I wasn't interpreting your question that way initially of, like, will there be a platform that, like, tries to make cloud the thing instead of a side thing? Mm-hmm. Um... And I just kind of think that that can't happen. At least we don't live in a world where that can happen yet. Um, We still have too many people that are, well, we're always going to have too many people that are way too concerned about the tech performance to ever be willing to take that step back that cloud requires. But I think that when, as because again, broadband is becoming bigger and bigger across the country and across a lot of more technologically advanced countries nowadays. We have a lot of governments that are investing billions and billions of dollars into making sure that even the most rural areas of their countries are getting are beginning to get access to broadband. And as that happens, and this gaming continues to be the number one like most popular form of entertainment, I think XCloud is and like things like it are going to catch on more and more. So that halfway through this decade, 
once that is such an ingrained thing into society and people who enjoy gaming even at a casual level that I think you can start humoring those ideas because you're going to have such an attention, like such a desire for it already. We're going to get to a point where it can be humored more, but I still just don't think it would it'll be the most successful thing. Like mm-hmm. Stadia, the tech of Stadia actually works quite well. Um, just they did it. They pulled the trigger. What will probably amount to be like 15 years too early. I mean, um, it's also just like they promised so much and couldn't deliver to it. Like they just really made them so, like they looked so bad at launch that not just were they so early to it, but they promised so much and really set such a bad taste for the tech in general uh, for everybody. Like, if anyone was doing cloud after Stadia, like, people would just think, this is a terrible idea. The cloud just doesn't work. And time and time again, the tech just wasn't there also. So, like, uh, not exclusively Stadia's fault, but, like, damn, we're all eyes on them just for them to fall down all the stairs, you know? And now a lot of the heads and, like, some of the smartest people who are working at Stadia have now gone and joined Microsoft. Or uh, a lot of them have joined PlayStation, too. They've been pretty pretty steadily mm-hmm. uh, distributed. Like, um, what if Tencent? Tencent has money, right, guys? Tencent's got all oh, this Oh, yeah, they do. Money. Oh, boy, do they. They love money. They What if they put together like this designated 5G network for their, their streaming services? Uh, we wouldn't be allowed to use it. Because... Um, well, maybe this wouldn't quite happen, but like there are phone companies from China that are not allowed to operate in the United States because mm-hmm. of like the uh, the data element of it all. So God forbid they had a 5G network that people were connecting to. Peter, you're our world news expert. Can you confirm this in detail? Well, I mean, yes, that's true. You have several Chinese companies that aren't allowed, legally are not allowed to mm-hmm. operate in America because the U.S. government worries that there are avenues that the, that the Chinese Communist Party is attempting to access people's uh, data with. That's why there's always been such red flags around TikTok and why people have been concerned by it because it's owned by Chinese uh, by Chinese companies. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, uh, the U.S. government asked Microsoft to buy TikTok when it was up for sale so that China... So that Chinese companies could not buy it, but no U.S. company, but Microsoft was not willing to bite. Which, looking back, they Almost. probably regret that. I bet they do. If Phil Spencer was on that team, he would have done it. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But he no, again, I'm not going to start stuff. talking about like the current, like the full blown relations of the like United States and China right now. But things are only getting worse between them, especially when it comes to Taiwan. There is no world where any Tencent gaming 5G network is ever touching ground on U.S. shores. That will never happen, especially not right now or in the next few years when relations between the two countries is only predicted to get much worse. I guess that leaves it to Netflix then right now. Or maybe Amazon's Luna show. And then they actually will buy EA and put all the Amazon probably has a good chance, especially seeing as like Amazon quite literally like controls the internet with their uh with aws i mean i imagine they have to have a pretty good infrastructure to get this done Mm -hmm. if they want to i've never really heard anyone talk about luna 
I don't know if that's true. That's true. I don't know anything about it. Uh, except for when uh, independent games media decides to do ads for Luna. That's when I hear about it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Amazon's got the money to do stuff. I don't know what they want to do. They don't want to save Bioware, apparently. That's that's all I that's all we know. I wouldn't have too much faith in them saving Bioware if they did the purchase. I feel like they would see that and be like, we will give you the even though like the talent just that we know of Mass Effect and Dragon Age history, Yield is just not there anymore. Everyone has jump ship, but I don't know. What's, we'll see what Dragon Age 4 is going to look like. And also, Dragon Age 4, that's coming out next year? Is that what they said? Yes, I believe so. Okay, I'll remember that in January. For the draft. <laughs> um, this is not cloud gaming related, but did either of you guys see on Twitter today the video of someone that like made Toy Story and Halo Infinite Forge? How no. is that? How do we have? I don't understand how people just have access to that. I don't know either. But, um, you said Halo Infinite Forge? Yes. Yep. What? Halo Infinite Forge is a public. They, they remade Andy's room. I, I assume it's, it's in like the exclusive testing phase. Okay. That's, that's what I wanted to know. I, I but, just, uh, I very impressive. Could maybe could maybe add some life to that game if if they get a good custom game server, which that will be that will be the next thing. We're going to get a whole thing about how people are creating incredible things in Forge, but you can't play any of them because three four three didn't set it up for them to be played. Halo, I am if I see a headline the next year that says "Gamer Gets Diabetes from Halo Infinite," I'd be like, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if I have much more on cloud gaming beyond my general opinion that I still think, even though it's been around for years at this point, I still think it's a little too early. You are just an old man game. stuck in his ways. You just want to get it. You just want to hook an Xbox 360 up, play Gears of War 2, and that's all you want out of game. Look, when 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 broadband is everywhere, we can talk. But it's not. It's gonna. Ha- it's getting there though, and it's gonna get there sooner than you think it is. I mean, imagine. Uh, imagine I'm gonna point at Netflix or Tencent. I'm gonna point at Tencent because they got their own handheld. They go over to Concern Dave and they're like, "Hey, we love your Stardew Valley video game. Make a game for only our device, and also it will launch with it. It's a, a cheap price. Does a new Animal Crossing: New Horizon thing happen? Everybody has to play the new Stardew. No, no, it, it just doesn't happen. Also. It's- Seeing as Concerned Ape is coming out with their second game probably next year in the last like ten years, I don't think Concerned Ape is going to make a, a ten cent exclusive. Well, the third game, you never. He doesn't have to. He just doesn't have to work with Tencent. He probably doesn't want to. Also, so maybe that doesn't happen. Five minutes. Um, Freddy's on the other hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, Five Nights at Freddy's will—they'll make anything if the check is on time. Uh there is a FNAF movie coming out. I hope it's good. I think that can make for a good horror film for the general audience who doesn't know about FNAF. I still stand by. I think FNAF One is a great horror game. I think FNAF Two is a good horror game. 
I just never got on the craze, really. I, I watched some Let's Plays when the when the first game came out, but beyond that, uh, it just was never really my thing. I just liked it because it was such a different thing, like haunted animatronics. Like, oh, that's a unique concept that hasn't actually. That's not really a popularized thing. So, good on them. What it's become, I'm I'm shocked. It's this popular, but better that than just like another Outlast, where it's like, what if you're an abandoned wooden area and there's crazy people? Ooh, guys, we should just play the forest. That'll be a cool, unique experience. I don't is know. That, where this. Is that on console? I think it is, Peter. What it is, it's like a survival game. But I know what is it is, Mark. It, oh, you know what it is. I thought you said yeah. you didn't know it's right there. Okay, but yeah, that would be cool. We should do it. Get a survival world. We beat it together. Slowly progress through the fucking terrifying monster world. Look, I mean, for the period of time where we had scheduled Valheim days, it was fun to have a game scheduled like that. Mm-hmm. Just know we are always going to make progress in this game. Um, all right. It's time. Inspired, of course. Last of Us Part 1 reviews just came out. I don't know if if it actually released yet. Um, which is one thing I find weird that this game, like we had to hype up the reviews for it being exactly what we all knew it would be. Um, I think it was hyped up because of such the negative reaction that it had been getting all year that it was basically just like, oh, the light is about to hit the gasoline, not like a get excited sort of thing. Fair. Um, and I just kind of want to ask the question of, are we sure remakes are good? Because... These are, these are my thoughts that I've had, and I want you guys to react to them. Now, this is the most egregious example of it yet with That's The Last Part 1. It's the most egregious example of literally all, all we did was make it shinier. Um, and I really don't want to have a price conversation because... Uh, I just feel like it will distract from the topic of remakes in general too much. But I have been thinking more and more that if I want a quote-unquote remake, I want it to be FF7 style, where that is not... If you play through FF7 Remake and you play through all three games that they're eventually going to release you will not be able to say that you played through FF7, like FF7 that came out in 1997, I want to say. You did not play the same game. You played like a new iteration upon it, and that's perfectly valid, but you did not play the same game. I do not like that remakes are trying to do this thing where they make the original version obsolete. I don't like that we're now going to be told that this version of The Last of Us is the way you should be playing it because there was an original version that was already put out and we're just supposed to pretend that doesn't exist now because there's a version where they decide to make it prettier. Owen, like... If, if Owen... 
if you want to play the Xbox 360 and PS3 for the rest of your life, no one is stopping you. No one's getting in your way. No, no. But there's a PS4 can... version of this game that just works just fine. Like it is, like in this point in time for The Last of Us specifically. I mean, this is an, a, a unique example this way. It's it is equally accessible, except it costs less. Yes, or, but he's not. We're not just talking about The Last of Us. We're not, not. We're not just talking about The yeah. Last of Us. We're talking about the fact that. If you played Resident Evil 2 Remake, you did not play the original Resident Evil 2. Those are two very different games. They have, as far as I understand, the same story. Mm -hmm. But they are not the same gaming experience. I mean, I think with those games specifically, there's there's a lot of old games people love so much. But to bring them back, uh, they are definitely very dated. Like, if if they brought back Final Fantasy VII... And like kept it to all its 1998 standards, I think a lot of people of this generation would despise that game. And, and then everyone... you have other games like Crash Insane Trilogy that are very much a loyal recreation to the original game, down to the game. fucking pixels. And we're gonna supposedly, according to Jeff Grubb, with this next Nintendo Direct, the long-awaited Twilight Princess Wind Waker ports to Switch. I'm pretty pumped for that. I've played those oh, games okay. how many times? Let's see Jeff Grubb hit on a single Nintendo piece okay. of information before before we go believing that. I don't know why you think Jeff Grubb is wrong all the time when he's one of the most accurate people in the entire industry. Now that we've we have been snowed into believing that he You look, are I don't, such I don't, a fucking grumpy grouch tonight. I'm a you hater. Are, oh no, I'm a hater. You are just I'm I'm, I'm a hater on everything. You want to be hooked up to a 360 on your fucking deathbed instead of life support. It's like, show me Halo 3. Like, Owen, I'm sorry. Time is going by. The years are passing. No, We're all moving on. It's just not that. It is, it's though. It is. You're t- you just sound I... like an old man who is just fighting. Like, fuck cloud gaming. Fuck acquisitions. Fuck remakes. Fuck modern PlayStation. You just hate everything oh why do you still play games you hate every direction that the industry is going in why do you still play them i think owen is being critical of these things i don't think he says he hates them which i think i i think he doesn't like many of the things i just listed do you like many of the things he just listed owen oh i well i think the industry the modern industry is terribly misguided right now and i fear that it will ever Turn back, T. Mark. What the fuck are you talking about? He hates I mean, everything but the industry I, right I, now. Honestly, I think are very stale. Like I would agree on that point. I think the industry, but is that's not what he's talking about. I I think the industry is misguided in many facets, including its ways of making profit, its emphasis on live service, its inability to figure out production of video games. I think it's terribly misguided. Um, I think things are fine. That's my opinion. I know I've said that before. No, but you don't believe that. I you just d- don't. I do not think that the industry is like on a you 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 on. fall out of love with gaming like every three months, so you can't possibly believe. I fall out 
out of gaming early this month because a lot of events happened in my personal life that made me not interested in playing a 20-hour narrative game. I don't look at live service games and go, how could we? That's where the demand is. That's what people want. It's not going to be like that forever. I can acknowledge that this is not where we will be for all of time. This is a specific segment of the industry. We will we will move on from this. We will not be here forever. But I'm not going to be one of those people who just looks at Fortnite being popular and goes, we need to go back to the good days of Killzone 2 multiplayer. Like, I don't give a fuck. I can acknowledge what I liked before while not have it take away from the now. With with that being said, we need to go back to the days of the old PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, right, Peter? No, Mark, we don't. After replaying it, oh. the game is horribly unbalanced. I just That's not I, true. You just bad. I think yeah. we do need to go back to those days. I'm on team Mark. Oh my yeah. god. This, yeah, yeah. You are old man yells a cloud. You are old man yells a cloud. Owen, Dude, are you telling me you would be mad if a new PlayStation All-Stars was announced? That would be great. Obviously not, but guess what? If it is, it's going to be a live service, Owen. I mean, yeah, I know, I get cool it. Game that's a live service. I just, I, f- and again, I'm not saying like don't have these opinions because then I don't want you to, I don't want you to come on the podcast and say things you don't actually believe. Am I cheerleading for where the industry is now? I wouldn't say that. Am I demanding we go back to how things were? No, not at all. Because that's just not what people want anymore. If you were to just like hit a switch and every live service game died, you're not just going to start seeing a $60 Call of Duty and Halo go back to being the king. People will just go do something else with their time. They don't want that anymore. This new generation, the newer generations coming up, they don't want that experience anymore. And guess what? These remakes are popular with where people are right now. They are in demand. People are always asking for yeah, more, you more know remakes of the game. Marvel? Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was kidding. Yeah. Um I I just need to to give one last point to my take here on remakes. And it's not that they're being made in the first place. I am seeing issue with the fact that the original thing they are making these with the intent of replacing that. When the GTA remasters came out, they delisted the old GTA games on PlayStation. You that could not buy them agree. anymore. I don't like that part. I will agree with you on that. You should have both available. Um, and that's basically what I'm calling for. Uh, I want, I want remakes to either aim to make the best possible version of what the actual game was. You can make convenience tweaks, but like this is kind of along the lines of a uh, resident evil two. Ultimately they made the better decision by making that a more transformative thing, but they also, I'm not sure how many people realize that like the real resident evil two is a drastically different game than that. What, I'm not other saying, rem- what other remakes are doing this right now other than Last of Us? Um, You can make a case that the Blue Point ones are guilty of this. Uh, now, believe it or not, uh, the YouTube algorithm actually picked up my, my video about um, gaming isn't fun anymore or whatever, which I was not really on the side of. I just kind of made a video on the topic. 
Um, and a lot of people, I got one specific commenter on it talking about how they like hate the blue point remake of shadow of the Colossus because it just aimed to create a realistic art style instead of preserving the art style that the previous game had. And I kind of want a little more of that energy going into remakes. I want more of a preservation energy instead of let's just make what we think looks better. I feel like uh, arguably that applies to Final Fantasy VII, where I think the aesthetic of the original seven is still vastly unique in comparison to the seven. It might be unique, but God, I think the original seven looks awful. I mean, well, it does. It's a PS1 game. No, but PS- like, there are some old like, but there are some old games that will forever look great. Like, I genuinely think Wind Waker or the games GameCube will look fantastic for the rest of human existence. Here, here's the the key though is that no PS1 games will forever look great. Um, PS1 is one of the ugliest generations ever. There's um, still, like, I think I might agree, because there are still some N64 games that I can look back on and be like, I think Mario Kart 64 still looks good. Banjo-Kazooie looks nice. Yeah, I just played that. I think Banjo-Kazooie, like, there are still some N64 games. PS1 is ugly as sin. It really sin is. Sin is pretty ugly. But, look, here are my thoughts on remakes, and I'm sure you're going to be so, so surprised by them. Uh, I'm totally fine with them. I don't see an issue. I'm not. I'm less likely to go back to drastically old games, and the only chance I have of actually part- ever playing any any game that even resembles the old ones is playing remake versions of them. That's just how I am. I'm not in the business to play PS One like like SNES. That's not me. I don't care about those games. I technically grew up with them, but I was so young that I didn't really start giving a shit until the N64. I don't think they hurt us as a species. I've already given my many thoughts on The Last of Us remake. I don't like that they're doing it. I'd rather Naughty Dog be doing something else. But guess what? It's coming out this week. We won't have to talk about it again. I will say there are some... Re- like there are One brief thing I do want to talk about, because I was seeing it on Twitter today, is there is a screenshot comparison for Tess. And... Uh, cause, and now in the remake, she looks like an actual 40-year-old woman, whereas in the original, she looks like like just a model in her late 20s, in an, like, in an, like a 20-year-in apocalypse. And I just saw somebody was like, oh, she looks so bad now. She looks so bad. It's like, no, she looks like a fucking early 40-year-old woman in, a fuck, in, a, in an apocalypse. Like, there are some things I just, I want, where it's like, oh, it's more realistic now. I hate that. Whereas, that's something where... No, guys, it doesn't make any sense that every woman and man in this game looks absurdly hot after they've been living in the end of the world for two decades. But there's just a little run, like, side. No, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Side tangent, um, I want twice. I, uh... <clears throat> the only other take I'll add on to this is, admittedly... Remakes are the safest possible thing any gaming company could do, I think. And whether we think that's a bad thing or not is up for debate. But um, it is obviously a nice little, almost a guaranteed check. Even if you don't go full remake. I mean, 
ever everyone like changed their opinion on Bioware again because Bioware released their old games again. As someone year. again, I play the Mass Effect Legendary along with Joe and James. It was a magical time. All three of us going through that trilogy at once. It reminded me why Mass Effect Two is one of my favorite games of all time. I love, and I, I ended. I've walked away from that. I'm more positive on Mass Effect Three and Mass Effect One after that. I don't understand. Why everyone's like, Bioware's back. What are you talking about? They just re-put out all of their old games into one bundle, and one had some gameplay and graphical changes. They didn't pull off this landmark achievement. It always confused me. But I just think that Owen is finding every possible avenue he can to lash out at the modern games industry. And the only way he will ever be okay with it is if the next console Xbox puts out is the Xbox 362. He hears that and he goes, that's great, this is awesome. I'm so happy with games again. No, I don't think it's that. Mark, do you have more thoughts? I do. Uh, like this, this direct rumored that finally, maybe possibly Metroid prime comes back to switch. If you want to play the best version of Metroid prime, which is with motion controls, you have to buy the Metroid prime trilogy. You can't buy it digitally because the eShop went down and that'll cost you like $130 to try to find a copy of that game. And that sucks. And if you don't want to emulate it, how else are you going to play it? Well, maybe they bring it back. With some HD Rumble too, maybe that improves the experience. I don't know, uh, and I think that's a big thing for remakes, uh, where they really come into play. When uh, a lot of companies don't really try to preserve their games uh, in such a way, it makes it hard to find them, and they get lost to time. And as time goes on, some of these games still hold true to the test of time, and they are good games. And newer generations of people definitely would like to try it, and I think it is worth showing off to these new generations of people. So giving them a way to play it uh, is fine. I think uh, like if we were younger, if we were growing up with games right now and we were going through getting all these remastered games, I feel like our take would be drastically different of all these things we'd never played before that like these gems from the time are just being placed into our laps right now. Also, this is just new content to so many people. I don't know. I think uh, as we we get older and we're just like the old guard as time goes on of games and we've seen it all, uh, we just might not appreciate these moments. Like, Pac-Man World just got remade. I don't think anyone's going to fucking play that game. But now people can play that game because God knows how hard it was to find. Maybe Metroid Prime's a better example still than Pac-Man World, but there is certainly a time and place for it, these kind of games, especially when it is so hard to make the game, make games in general, and as games are getting harder and harder to make and more expensive, uh, trying to, uh, I guess, lighten a burden by like spacing out uh, the launch cycles of these these companies with remakes, maybe makes it easier to make those bigger games and keep the profits that are expected of them from their publishers. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's an okay thing, but maybe maybe looking to uh, for these kind of alternative solutions to keep the lights on uh, when development is so unsustainable right now. Maybe that's not the answer, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like remakes can be really good. I really think we don't. I don't want to have to poke too much more at Last of Us because everyone has done that. But th- that remake specifically. Uh, I feel like warrants a lot of the the eyebrows it was raised to edit, like not just that it's the best way to play that like that game. Like I think as time goes on, like having 
more modern versions of these games, whether it is fixing small things that people didn't like about it. Like, uh, Peter, you even brought up Wind Waker, how beautiful that game is. The Wii U version of that game is absolutely the definitive way to play that game because A, it's in HD and all these, like everything about the game looks so much prettier. The sale is extra fast in that game where that's like one of the worst parts of that game. Like it's cool that there's these islands you get to sail on your own, but it's slow as hell. Now it's faster. So like the tedious parts are less tedious. And then there's a whole huge quest at the end of the game that people just hate and they cut it down to like a fraction of what it was in that game. It's like absolutely the definitive version. Like Owen was saying, like it's in a way that it sucks that it's doing that. But I think in some ways uh these definitive versions are just objectively better than what they were before and i think i think that's an example of a good definitive version a bad version of that would be what if they remade wind waker only it's in the style of breath of the wild now it's because that's a completely different game yeah but to call that the definitive version i feel like is a weird label for that do I think the la- to go back to the Last of Us? They they're definitely saying so much about how the the mocap that they can do now, the way that the body language uh, kind of evokes the feelings of their characters, is truly what they had imagined, uh, what they wanted for their characters. I'm p- pretty split on it because one, I feel like the game still is very strong without that. But I I will say in watching some of the stuff that Naughty Dog has put out, uh I definitely am surprised with how outdated I think The Last of Us looks for a game I felt like looks... I I think people are cherry-picking stuff. I very recently went into Remastered playing it at like 1800p and 60fps and it still looks good and it plays damn well in Remastered. I'm, I'm definitely referencing looking at PS3 footage and I could tell. Not the remastered version, just for for full context. I I don't know what that looks like necessarily, but I imagine it is plenty fine. Uh, Very more than passable for that kind of game. Uh, But it's it's weird. There's a lot of weird things still surrounding that that one specific remake. The fact that Naughty Dog has put out several trailers talking about how proud they are of this one remake is also just kind of weird to me also. Like, I'm all about devs, like, wanting to be proud of their thing, but... It's, I don't want to say tone deaf, where like everyone is like questioning this game and all they're going to say is like, we love our game. We love The Last of Us. This is what we wanted it to be. It's like, okay, but you are selling this at seven. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. I, I, my closing thoughts on Remake, there is a time and place for them. I think as we go, as the further we keep going into games, uh, remakes are going to be here to stay because if they don't, if they aren't, they'll be lost to time and, some of these games uh future generations deserve to play them because they're pretty neat i have a a a mini topic based off of what you were just saying uh and then we can move on to what we've been playing (sighs) with the show coming up we still have a lot of it and we have factions do you guys feel the energy that like playstation needs to get out of the last of us quickly I've, soon i've been thinking this for about a like, if, if you remember some of our recordings from 2021 i think i've made it pretty fucking clear i want playstation to stop talking last of us for several years now i mean they got out of uncharted eventually i feel like uh there's still a little bit more room for them i mean like the last of us is like their biggest flag hold thing and no it's course- not 
You don't it's think not. It it's you not. don't think it is? What do you think no, it is? It's, it's God of War. You're really it, that certain about that? Yeah, I, no, it objectively is God of War. What makes you guys say that? I just, I don't think that, and I don't know what the number is. God of War is at like 21 million units. Wow. Last of Us Part 2 just celebrated the milestone of hitting 10 million a month, month and a half ago. Wow, okay. I mean, God of War, mechanically, gameplay-wise, is a better game than both Last of Us games put together, probably. Um, I definitely like the story of the Last of Us games better. Than also, that. God of War has more legacy, and God of War does not have anywhere near the amount of hatred around it. And it's not necessarily the game's fault that there is so much hatred around The Last of Us, but because of that, I mean, that's the main reason why I want PlayStation to just chill with The Last of Us. I I can't keep hearing this from people. Imagine if God of War Ragnarok has backlash because Cory Barlog decided in response to The Last of Us Part 2, it's like, uh, yeah, we're going to do something LGBT in our game also. He's we're not directing the game. He's not working on it. So whatever. Really? Um, what, yeah, no. Yeah, no. He's working on a new game. He has a separate project. Who's we, we, we won't be getting any Corey Barlog wokeness. I no, was going to make a woke joke. I like started it and Mark <laughs> beat me to it. Um, There is a different director. I mean, I absolutely would not be shocked if there's some sort of lgbt thing in it um and uh you know i'm a defender of it and it also was not poorly done in last was part two so suck it they're gonna do oh oh and you're gonna get doxxed and swatted maybe um i don't know uh we've talked about it before the presence of something does not make it political Grow up, everyone. Well, also, I the think... existence of a type of person is not political, and if you think it is, you're just an asshole. Well, here's the thing. They're going to do a Lord of the Rings, and like, uh, this is going to be Atreus, and he's going to kill, like, or he's going to be fighting Odin, and Odin will be like, no man can kill me, and then he'll say, I am no man, and his pronouns are they, them, and then he kills Odin, or they kill Did Odin. Did he say Lord of the Rings? Yeah, do you know the end of Lord of the Rings? Uh, she, I don't remember her name. The wyvern rider dude he's just like no man can kill me and she's like i am no man because she's a woman okay i got i got so confused by what the hell you were saying okay uh, i now see what you're saying you, that, you that was that was very clever mark we need you in the writer's rooms yeah <laughs> thank you you should go rewatch all of the extended cuts of lord of the rings peter refresh your memory before the I new amazon show shows up it's one of the best trilogies ever made isn't it let, is it the best trilogy me, ever made of movies is it the I, best one i think it is I like it. I like it a lot. A what, tangent what, here, not games related. Is it weird that like there's a Lord of the Rings show and a Game of Thrones show like airing like at the same time? No, but yeah, it is a little weird. I, I don't, I don't know if it's weird. And I, I, what I think is weird is seeing how everyone, how much everyone loves House of Dragons, and it's, it feels like something has gotten in the water. I don't get it. We should do a side podcast where, like, we're like two teams, and one of us is Team Lord of the Rings, the other is Team Game of Thrones, and we argue why our show is better as each episode progresses. And then I can just shave my head, put on 150 pounds, and just stop ever trying to attain anything in life. That sounds great. Also, I forgot to really give spoiler warnings for Lord of the Rings: Return of the King before, so I'm sorry. Shut the shut the hell up. The new I've never seen it. Oh no, let's see Peter. <laughs> Peter, fuck you. No, exactly. it's him. If he wants to see it, he should have seen it by now. It's no Look, one else. I've problem. watched the extended edition 
a fellowship of the ring three times in my life. All because I get it in my head, I'm finally going to watch through Lord of the Rings. So then I rewatched that first movie, and then I never watched the other two. Multiple times. Second one's really good. Like, like it's that one's like. I mean, the first one's very good too. I like it's it. True. I just I never go through with that. I don't know why. I think one of the coolest like battles ever recorded on a camera on film is in that second movie. So. My, right. my seal of approval there. Yeah, let's move on, everybody. What have we been playing, guys? <laughs> um, So me and po- Peter, I just almost said me and Pooter, uh, <laughs> literally, like, we just recorded our duo episode, like, a couple days ago. So um, we don't have a ton. Peter, you probably have even less than me if you want to do your section quick. I've got one new game that I'm playing. And it, uh, I started it right, like, shortly after, no, I actually started on Monday, I believe. No, it was Sunday. Uh, after we recorded, we were talking about, you know, uh, oh, some movies and of, you know, some gaming properties that should get movies or shows or deserves movies or shows. And it really made me, it, I finally realized, oh my god, I haven't actually played Infamous Second Son. Oh! I'm doing that. Nice. Yeah, about like four I, I hours in. Game too. I really do because it takes like it's one of the games that is built in Seattle. I owe it to myself to walk around that world and be like, "Wow, I can relate to one of these experiences of a game taking place in a city I have lived in." Well, Last of Us Part Two also takes place in Seattle. Okay, you're right, and that did happen. I had sequence, yeah. but that's different. That's not an open world game where you get to just exist in the world. Some takeaways. PS4 games still look really good. Uh, I think the environment of seconds. I think Seattle looks fantastic. I'm really noticing how, like, the main leap in hardware this generation was not graphics, it was facial animation. Because the characters, I, I can't, after playing something like Horizon Forbidden West that has completely out, just outstanding facial capture. It's rough in Infamous Second Son. Whenever I see characters talk, it's just like your lips are moving and you kind of squint your eyes, but doesn't really seem like anything else just happening up there, and it just makes conversations just look so stilted and robotic, in my opinion. I'm sure there can be like specific segments where it's done better than others, but whenever characters talk, it's like, oh, this this that's the part that feels dated. Gameplay, it's infamous. I missed it incredibly. I'm being reminded, Matt, I would really like a new Infamous just having superpowers in a cool open world, like not even an open world, kind of like a hub world that's big enough that you can explore, but not big enough where you feel overwhelmed. Just traveling through a really well-made Seattle. The story is... Alright. I, I Delson as a character... He was never really appealing to me before I had actually played it. Now that I've started playing it, he's still not that appealing to me. I think he's fine. He's more just like, you know, like grunge, you know, like fuck the man kind of thing. And while I can find myself liking a character who does that sort of thing, I don't know why. I don't know what it is about Delson. He just comes off more as like whiny and self-righteous than actually like captivating and making me want to root for him. I seem to remember, 
I feel like I didn't like his friend when I tried playing that game. I've not met the friend yet. All I have met is him and his brother Reggie, voiced by... Oh, oh, maybe it's his brother Reggie I didn't like. I did not play a ton of that game, and I I played it years ago. Uh, Um... I'm no. I'm having a hard. I, one thing I'm struggling. If I'm ever in a fight and I'm like about to die, I find myself going to lamp posts or cars to try to charge. Like, oh wait, fuck! I'm a smoke man now. That's right. And then I have to start trying to get looking like looking for smoke outlets and environments just because I have it so ingrained into my brain from infamous games to look for electricity for coal. One more thing I want to talk about, and then I'm willing to give it up. Something that happens in games, or it's starting to happen in games, is for a long time, you had people of color voiced by non-people of color voice actors. And I don't, I rarely ever think about it, but there's something about Troy Baker playing a Native American. It just feels... That's pretty weird. It's weird! It's real, like, this sort of stuff never, I, I never notice it, but I think it's because it's, like, the number one voice actor in the industry playing a very Native American character, especially the game opens with him at it, like, you know, with his people from his tribe, and it's just like, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't well, feel Well, uh, uh, there's also Uncharted 4. Yep, Laura. Is Laura, Laura Bailey? Bailey. Yep. I, I forget the character's name, but... Um, I'm in a weird mode, though. Like, say if an infamous game comes out again and Delson is in it in any capacity. I still technically think Troy should voice him. I'm of the mindset of, if you have any people, like, you know, any black characters, any Native American, any Asian characters who were voiced by white actors in the past, I'd say stick with the white actors because that's what you've established with the character. But from here on out... I think the industry is doing this. I don't think it's a problem anymore. But if still there's any, you know, I, I could see Randy Pitchford being the kind of guy who could just have white character, white actors voice black characters and not give a fuck. But from now on, let's stop doing that because it's just really, really fucking weird. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go on a tire and be like, sucker punches, racist, because they're not. And anyone who thinks that is really weird and just trying to show everyone how good of a person they are. But it's it's definitely off-putting whenever I see Reggie and him have a conversation. It's like, you should not sound like that. That is That, that voice should not go with that body. But, or, uh, I mean, I, I really think it is just kind of more fair, like it's, it's not impossible for a Native American person to sound like Troy Baker, but it, it's like, you know, if you establish that this person does have a a defined race or ethnicity... Um, you couldn't, you definitely couldn't get away with giving that to a white actor in, uh, in a real life thing. So you just shouldn't do it in a video game thing, even though you can get away with it. But again, I don't think they are anymore, but like, I remember I was playing with Joe and I, it's when we played, uh, ODST on a whim the other, like last sometime early last year. And there is a black character in it named Romeo, and he's voiced by Nolan North. And I noticed that. like That's very off-putting. Yeah. Nolan North I has noticed very, that. Like... Like, he sounds like Nolan North, but his voice is so much deeper. And then it's like, is that Nolan North? And I looked it up, and it's just Nolan North, but they modified his voice to sound deeper. Oh, weird. And it's like, That's what really the weird. fuck are you doing? 
I, I don't I like big of a role was its character. What? How big of a role was this character? You played ODST. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Mark, yeah, it's Romeo, it's the sniper from yeah. ODST. It's Nolan North playing oh a black character, but oh they just god. made his voice deeper, and it's like, what the fuck are you I'm, doing? I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. That's crazy. That's uh that's messed up that they would do that. Also, Nolan North definitively a white voice. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> then not and not an ODST because they modified it because black people have deep voices. All, every black man has a deep voice, apparently, according to Bungie. Again, I'm not saying Bungie's fucking racist. It's just a weird thing you look back and like, why did you just not get a black guy instead of just you went out of your way to try to make Nolan North sound black. Just just get a black guy. It's just so weird to me. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Um, but that's it for me and what I've played. All right. I hope you stick with that. Uh, maybe, probably not. Could inspire me to go back to it. I probably tried it like, I don't know, like seven years ago at this point when I first got my PS4. It's free on a PlayStation Plus. I still own it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I have a physical disc of it. Yeah. Well, the um, PS4 version has 60 frames per second and better, uh, ray tracing. So yeah. Well, I mean, I can still play it on my PS5. Like, but if the PS4 version's not going to look and run as well. No, but like, look, it'll I, be fine. I, it'll be fine. It'll okay, update. Fine. If I put my disc in the PS5, it'll update. Eh, I don't know. That's how it works. Not for PlayStation. No, Remember? no, for for stuff like that, it does. For stuff like that. Okay. Um. So. My only wrinkle to add to anything is I mentioned last week how I play Madden every year a little too much, and it's already getting to me of these are the only games that I have a problem with because it's a combination of many things. I do love football, and even though these games are flawed, I generally enjoy them anyway. And it's just so easy i can just play games so quickly and i like scoring touchdowns and then i get back into the menus and then i can manage stuff on my team and i can just play the next game and keep going through and then i finish a season and i sign a big free agent so then it's like well i gotta keep playing because i gotta be able to play with that guy that i just signed and it is such a rabbit hole for me that i'm actually going to have to have different points where it's not like I'm going to be able to go a full football season where I don't play Madden ever again. But like after maybe one day more, I'm going to have to just say to myself, like, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to play Madden for like three weeks or something because it's actually a problem for me. Thank you. That's all, all I've been playing. Mark. All right, guys. I don't have one. Not two, not three, nor four, nor five, nor six, but seven games I have played since the last time I have been on the podcast. But I'm going to go through like lightning round four of them, and I really only want to talk about three of them. Uh, number one, I played Isle of Big Snacks finally, the DLC for Bug Snacks that they had, the free DLC. Uh, it was more Bug Snacks. There were only ten Big Snacks, and I was kind of disappointed by that. But I finished it in like a little over an hour, you know cool there was a big bunger in there he was pretty cool 
Uh, number two, I started We Are OFK. I did the first two episodes of that. I know, Owen, we kind of had our eyes on that as that was coming out. Have you looked into that at all or heard anything I've about it? I've heard reviews. Reviews that tell me that I'm okay with skipping it. Yeah. But what are your thoughts? I think it's fine. It really feels like they really captured the feel like this is supposed to be like a TV show with some interactive elements to it. I just feel like I'm watching a television show and sometimes there is a prompt for dialogue or sometimes I have to choose a text message and every episode ends with a Sayonara Wild Hearts-esque music video. But alas... I am not that into the music. And I think some of the dialogue can be kind of cringe. But uh, when I don't think those two things, and I don't think the music is bad, and when I don't think the dialogue is cringe, uh, I'm on board. I do want to finish it, though, because I want to see where it goes, and maybe I'll find at least one song out of here to, to kind of hold on to. The main thing that I've heard about the game that makes me not want to play it is that people have labeled it like Silicon Valley cringe. Yes. And I'm good. I don't need that. <laughs> it's like one of the characters, one of the main characters that starts off in the first episode, they are a game developer and they hate the games industry. They don't want to work in it. And <laughs> hey, maybe I can relate to this guy. I don't know. Like uh, there's literally in the first episode, uh, a game dev hotline that they, that the that this character is like interacting with telling their story to them and it is also not not necessarily an ad but like it's a real hotline uh for game developers that at the end of the episode they go on to say after credits roll hey if you are struggling game developer here is a hotline please feel free to text it did you text but it i did not text it uh, i will think about it though or i am a real game developer and uh i don't know like uh some of the characters just uh I don't want to say they come off as too hipster for me, in a sense. But uh, they feel like they, they think they're so much cooler than everybody. And I'm like, guys, chill out. They're so unhappy with so many things. But I don't know. There's a lot of things working out for them. But also a lot of things that aren't. You know, they're not happy with where they are. Though with their music. Not, not satisfied with their lives. They want to, you know, feel the music a little bit more. But that's that's that game. This is one of my lightning round games. I didn't want to spend much time on it, but uh, I'll finish it. Uh, I was it's not what I want it to be though, so unfortunate. Uh, but uh, I also started another Legend of Zelda randomizer. I played Majora's Mask randomizer. I finished it, and it was very cool. One of my favorite games ever. Uh, I've got to play randomize and True Testament. That I still adore this game. It is one of my top five favorite games of all time. Still. Um, and then I also started another Legend of Zelda randomizer right after uh, Twilight Princess, trying to do that randomizer. Uh, this one was a little bit harder. The further you get to modern Zelda games, trying to randomize them gets a little bit harder. Are you like, obviously not professionally, but are you like borderline speed running these games? No, uh, just staying up very late thinking just one more chest, one more chest, and then I'll, I'll go to bed. But then I find like, ah, okay. oh, but I just found the hook shot. Now I can do like two more dungeons that I've been stuck at the whole time. Ah, oh, let's go peek in this dungeon real quick because I'm just going to get like 20 chests. And then eventually, oops, I finished the game. Uh, but uh, Twilight Princess, I've only just done the first dungeon and that. And I'm realizing I definitely don't like this one as much as Majora's Mask. I don't hate Twilight Princess, but 
it's not the same. Also, the Twilight Princess and Ocarina of Time randomizers I've done are way more well-made princess one. Like, you actually have to, like, kind of run some code to actually get it to work. It's not all rainbows and sunshines. You have to actually uh, try to get it to work. And even then, uh, I feel like my randomizer is kind of weak. Weak in that the sense that, like, at least when I did Ocarina of Time in Majora's Mask, anything could be in any chest. But so far, I have relatively found the items I would expect in an area just a couple rooms away are just like very close uh, to, to where I would normally find it, which kind of takes away some of the fun. Uh, but maybe that is just more in terms, more in line with how linear Twilight Princess is in comparison to, say, Majora's Mask and Ocarina. Where those games ultimately are now, when you randomize Ocarina and Majora's Mask, it's a Metroidvania at that point. Twilight Princess, I think, even with the random randomization, uh, you still can only approach it so so randomized. I, I've even heard that like doing some areas actually requires like glitches to progress this randomizer. So hopefully, I don't have to run into that. But uh, it might come to that. I, I'm definitely kind of putting it on the back burner because there's some other games I'm playing. Uh, and those... It's a Big Snacks, OFK Majora, Twilight Princess. Yeah, those are the four I wanted to blast through. But now, the big three. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I finished that game, guys. And I'm, I'm a couple weeks removed from it. So Hour I count? I, I messaged Get ready for this. Chat. It was like 150, I think. 150, 160-something. Uh, and I loved it. It's definitely my favorite game of the year. Honeymoon phase is definitely like coming down. And uh, I feel like this game had a strong act one for me because I was so excited to play it. An incredible act two. Like all the praise this game is getting is coming from the second act, which is really cool. I feel like a lot of games don't always deliver so consistently in the second act. But then the, the third act uh, left a lot for, uh, to be desired for me. There's some cool parts of the ending. Like, I don't want to say it's not satisfying, but they just leave a lot of things up in the air. Some things even, I think, are just plot holes for the entirety of the game, unresolved. And the game just kind of wraps up after, like, this killer second act. Like, there's just so much progressing, so much happening, and then things just kind of wrap up. Did you essentially 100%, like, maybe not literally, but pretty much? Not even. So like not really. Not even. So when I said I was doing a lot of the quests, because I I didn't want to just go to the end of the game. So the game is formatted where you have six party members, but there is a seventh party member slot for hero characters, which are special NPCs you meet throughout the game. And each hero has like a quest line. I did all of the hero quest lines because A would unlock their abilities more for other characters. Uh and are the quest lines that have the most work put into them and hearing their stories and also the main characters kind of get some more story out of it. I wanted to make sure I did all those and that was like 27 quest lines, I believe. There's like, no, there's like wow. 26 characters, I think. I might be wrong. I'm, I'm guesstimating here. Uh, a lot of them were really good. Some of them were fine. Uh, one of them was stupid as hell and I hate that one. And It sucks because it was one of the coolest characters and then she gets this really weird fucking conclusion I can't talk about it because it's kind of spoilery, but uh, I, I love this game. Does it go horny? Yes, 
It does, but not in a way you'd think. Not in like a, a Xenoblade 2, oh my god, this is horny anime. It's just like this character was noble, but then there's just a horny character who has Mark, no reason I might to be play, Mark, I plan to play this, remember? I understand it, but you don't know what character I'm referencing. It'll come out oh, of nowhere. Once no I way. see this noble character, I will think, oh, they end up with cock or something. They are. There are many noble characters in the game, Peter. I dare you to pinpoint it when you play this game. Owen, I've had one thing in this game leaked for me, and I could say, vaguely, it has the horniest moment. I think it has the horniest moment in this game out of the entire history of Nintendo as a company. Yeah. This one moment wow. that Peter knows about, I'm in disbelief. I don't believe. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't fucking believe what I now, saw. I think this like may have come up on my YouTube recommended. I haven't clicked on it yet. It is. I like in a Nintendo. They did this in a Nintendo game. I don't like believe it. I was checking a subreddit. It was like I genuinely like it was like a because at the time I didn't plan on playing it. And I saw there was like a spoiler for this picture taken for Zeal by 3. The, the description was like, I can't believe this is in a Nintendo game. And I saw it and I was like, there's no fucking way this is real. And it's real! Boy, is it real! I wish we could say exactly what, but I like my hand over my mouth gasp when I saw it. Uh, Xenoblade fans have lost their minds over this scene. Some of them think, a lot of them think it is the funniest shit. And I. I am very bothered by it. So oh, I think I, it's hysterical. I, it. I don't believe it is. It's <laughs> really fucking funny. I believe what it is. I think later on in a DLC, something will be clarified and everyone will be proven wrong and we can move on with our lives. But this did not happen the way we think it did. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, Xenoblade 3, uh, I don't... Because a lot of people are saying it's like a master modern JRPG. And I... As much as I love the game, I don't know if I want to say that it is. I think it's a fantastic JRPG. I think uh, it has the best Xenoblade combat, but I don't think it has all the best parts of every Xenoblade game. Uh, I still like one more than three. I still think to this to, at this point in time. Uh, and Xenoblade X still has the best open world by landslide, uh, but this game had the best combat. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys try it out. I think I think you guys will have a lot of fun with it. Because I, I almost certainly will. Sweet. I just um, don't know when. Still, I will wait for the day. That's all I really want to say about Xenoblade Three right now. I recommend it. Great game. Don't have to play the other two to play it. Uh, other game I finished. Your your mic has gone all weird. Did something change? Uh no. Uh, I'm okay, gonna... now it's normal. Okay, cool. Um, so. Earlier in the year, I started Final Fantasy Strangers, uh, Strangers of Paradise with some friends. We finally finished it. I was pretty lukewarm on it, and now, after completing it, it's probably one of my favorite games I've played this year, actually. Uh, I can't believe... because like I, Last time I talked about it, and anytime anyone talks about this game, is how silly it is. Uh, this game felt like it barely had a story to tell, and we just had these kind of cookie-cutter characters that I didn't think was going to go anywhere. And then the last three missions decide, okay, we're going to tell a real story now. And by the end of the game, the gameplay also became very fun to play. Uh, maybe if I was playing on a harder difficulty throughout the game, maybe I would have been having more fun up until it, uh, throughout it, but we weren't. And I was also playing with two other players, two friends of mine. We were walking over everything. And one of my friends was like a hundred levels higher than us because he had already finished the game. So I don't know. 
there's just a lot of uh, building you can do. Like there's like 26 Final Fantasy classes you can kind of pull skills from, kind of uh, weapon abilities, a lot of loot you get, and uh, it gets very difficult. And there's a cool post game we're going to be doing to get a lot of trophies. Uh, I I just think it's a lot of fun. Very cool action game at the end of it. Not that I would recommend it. I don't think it's a must play, but I feel like uh, I would recommend it to people who who really like uh, action JRPGs. Honestly, I think the combat is enough to to stand on its own. And the last game I want to talk about is a game I don't think either of you guys have heard of. And I didn't really know about it until yesterday. And then a friend of mine just decided uh, to buy it for me. Because she was like just telling me about it. And I said, wow, this game sounds super interesting. And I don't know anything about it. And she just said, oh, I'll just buy it for you if you want to try it. I said, sure. Have either of you guys heard of a game called I was a teenage exocolonist. No. Mark, no. I want you to think what yeah. my answer is. You just never heard I of it? P- Peter might have come across it in like a fake indie game name. <laughs> yeah, no, Mark, I've never heard of this game before. I was a, f- uh, I was a teen exocolonist. Name of this game. So the best way I can like put this anime. game... Uh, it's, very, it's very, very cool. And right now... Uh, I feel like it could be on the tail end of my top 10 favorite games I played this year because it's very unique. It is like if you were to combine Long Live the Queen, which Peter, I don't think you're going to know. You're not going to know what that is. I played that. Yeah, I bought you that. I don't think so. I think we both played it independently. I swear I bought you a game. game? I'm sorry, I misheard. Long Live the Queen. It's a visual novel. Yeah, I don't fucking know. I, I think we just both played that at the same time. The game that you bought me that regrettably I have not played is antechamber oh okay that's right i did buy you antechamber that's what it was why has mark bought you like three or four games i don't know he also bought you the witness which you had to be like oh thanks geez about yeah it was an accident it was a good gift but uh didn't get there but but back to i was a teenage exocolonist it is like long live the queen mixed with slay the spire with some stardew valley sprinkled into it it's a very weird game where the premise is you are this small colony who's left earth light years away colonizing this new planet for your colony and you play as uh like this team like this 12 or i think you, at the beginning of the game your character is 10 years old and you have to choose how to spend your game kind of like how in in long live the queen which long live the queen premise of that game is just you are this princess, your parents, king and queen have died, and now you have to spend your time on like a time schedule to like uh, figure out uh, what kind of queen you want to build and what kind of classes you want to take. Uh, like there's like stats of knowledge and it will totally depend or change the ending. There'll be skill checks of like if you spend time like more so on medicine than kind of like the politics and you could be a different queen in this game you can kind of be a different colonist and really build your colony a different way and there can be a lot of bad things that happen because you're not prepared for certain skill checks you don't spend enough time doing stuff the right way uh, a lot of things kind of just go bad it's like stardew in the fact that there's like a calendar uh, of of a season that you're kind of going through where there's like events every year that are kind of happening you can kind of plan your time around that but you're always trying to build towards just increasing these stats and building the character who you are. But also you're spending time with uh, other characters as well. And depending on how you spend your time also, you get 
cards, kind of like a Slay the Spire, and you are building decks, a deck throughout it, where every time you spend time to, like, it's not as simple as just, oh, you go to engineering to learn engineering, and your engineering stat goes up. It is, you go to engineering, and you have to play this card game. Uh, and depending on how well you do will determine how much stats you get. And you can get unique cards by doing special things. I know there's 29 endings. The gameplay format is like, you get 10 years. You start as 10, the game is going to end when you are 20 years old, and then you will be, you'll get an ending at the end of that. I'm On my playthrough, I think my character just turned 14, and it is very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, it's one of the kind of things is like, I don't feel like I've played something exactly like this before, so that unique feel to it is definitely carrying me through, as much as I can compare it to these other games. But uh, I, think, I think this is going to be one of my favorites of the year, so stay tuned to hear more about that. Interesting. I I typed in the words I was, and it was the first thing that came up. Mm-hmm. It's on Switch. It's a bit pricey. Uh, my friend bought it for me for $25 flat, and I said, wow, you don't have to do this, but uh, she wanted to do it, and I wasn't going to stop her. It's, uh... it's not my type of art style, I don't think, but mm-hmm. it seems interesting. I, I definitely recommend it. I think it is very, very fun. But if it's not your art style, not your art style. I think uh, at a sale price, you could tinker with it. I know you'd have fun with it. Yeah, especially since I liked Long Live the Queen back in the day. Mm-hmm. I think um, the characters are mostly well-written. The story's pretty deep and even interesting at times. Uh, it's very cool. We'll tell more. We'll talk more about it later. But all right. I've been playing. That's, that's a wrap on me. Awesome. It is time for Peter's topic. I'll I'll let him tee it up. So Owen always likes to accuse me of just taking it from marketing campaigns. He always says that I like marketing more than the games themselves. And while he is wrong and rude and crude for those sorts of nasty accusations, I do love me a damn good trailer. And some of those trailers have stuck with me for many years and there is an art to a good trailer to really be able to grip grip a potential you know consumer not even with the the game itself but just with how you are marketing the game there is a skill in that and i think it's worth respecting and that's why i want to do a top five best gaming trailers of all time i've brought 10 trailers i will only fight for five of them some of them will be honorable mentions and some of them i brought in case you guys happen to pick any of the ones that i have also brought we will go around we will list all of the trailers we have like we have with previous top 10 lists that we've made and then just narrowed it down to a nice clean top five may i go first uh sure I am going to go with the Dead Island reveal trailer. Because how could you not? Mm -hmm. I think it's a legendary trailer. Transformative. It was the best pot it was the best aspect of that game it was uh, it also it did a bad job i think marketing what the actual game would be yeah it did a horrible but, job of doing it that did but... a horrible job but <laughs> goddamn what a trailer mm-hmm. oh, oh it's a great trailer with my number one here yeah so it's also on my list as well 
Um, it's I pretty. It's pretty bulletproof. The only thing that you can do to knock it is the fact that it has literally nothing to do with Dead Island. Not a single thing. You find the bodies of the characters in the first like f- few minutes of the game, and that's it. The rest of the tone is who do your voodoo, bitch. And I just don't think that stands up to that original. Trailer. I completely oh. forgot that that was a thing. Nope. I have uh, I haven't forgotten who do your voodoo bitch and it's just like oh I God. played so much of Dead Island. Me too. But that game was so bad. Yeah, it really was. And they just <laughs> and again, oh, like a game's gone like Dead Island Two is back and was like, what world? Who who wants this anymore? No one wants this anymore. It just feels so pointless. Um. Yeah, that. That's like the definition of a high school game for me. Like me and all my friends were into it, and I'm not sure if there's a game that age is worse. Talk about a game that needs a remake. <laughs> uh, Mark, I'll let you go. Um, so I would have brought again, up. Mark. I would have brought up Dead Island, but Peter beat me to it. So I'm going to go with one of my You're personal. All, oh, it's the, it was all of our number one trailer. That's yeah. That's how you know. It was a good trailer. It's it's always been a good trailer. I still like sometimes I'll get the song of that trailer just stuck in my head and be like, wait, what is this song? I know this. Why am I thinking of this? And then bam, I cut to the, the girl on the ground like, oh, but this is very memorable, will always be burned into my head. But another trailer that is burned into my head is the final trailer we ever got for Breath of the Wild, where up to That's this point, we we knew the game was going to have voice acting. And this is the first time we actually got to see it. And like it, it was such an epic trailer we've never seen on this level of a Zelda game before. And then it has, they had the nerve to say, oh, yeah, it also comes out in two months. Uh, it, the it music was just, is also so good that it got in the Smash and it's just yes. known as Nintendo Switch January event Breath of the Water. It's, it's a really long name. Yes. There was no official name to the song, but it was so good. Soccer's like, I need this in the game. We have to have that. It was. It's. It's the. It's probably the best Zelda trailer. One of the best Nintendo trailers that isn't. I had that on my list. Okay, Peter. I think this will be on your list. You better not take what I think it's gonna be. Um. Only. It's my next one. I think that there are two great ones from this game series. I guess. And you can help me decide which one actually goes on the list. Either the Tetris Effect announcement trailer. It's on there. Or the Tetris Effect Connected announcement trailer. Both of which are great. Uh, it is. This was actually one of the ones I planned to fight for for my top five. Because I think it's one of the greatest trailers ever made. Uh, the one I think of is the one with like. The one talking about how Tetris used to be like sort of like experiments. Okay, the, yeah, that's that's the normal Tetris effect announcement trailer. Is that I, the uh, one that ends with? Uh, is it because uh, that's the one that starts the narration while "I'm Yours Forever" is playing in the background, and then it's like, and it was called, and then the Tetris title yes. cuts up while yes. "I'm Yours Forever" is playing. Yeah. I just got chills as you described yep. that. Okay, it's that's that's the one. <laughs> beautiful. It is immaculate. It was the, on my. Life. And then I'll I'll just do an honorable mention for connected. That's the one that has like the squares of of people playing it, and they have like a remix of "I'm Yours Forever" playing. Uh, really good. 
Dan Reichert's in the trailer, I realized while I while I rewatched. That was interesting. But um Yeah. Great trailer. My next one is my favorite trailer of anything of all of my life. And this is one I will fight tooth and nail for, although I don't think I'll need to with this crowd. The Official gameplay reveal at the Xbox E3 2011 or 2012 of Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Sins of the Father. Sins of the Father. I think that's yep. the best trailer I've ever seen. I all these years later, I still rewatch the trailer. I was like, yeah, this one, this is my favorite trailer of all time. Movies, TV, games, anything, anything. It was it on my list. In fucking, it made me. It made me get into Metal Gear. I never gave a fuck. About Metal- I knew what it was because Snake was in Smash. I never cared. I never wanted to play. I never knew anything about it. I watched that trailer and it made it made me. I like. I have to play this game. I have to play. I have to no- learn about Metal Gear Solid now. And it made me a massive fan of the franchise. It is the best of Hideo Kojima. All of his mannerisms, all of his dr- like his dr- like just his dramatic flares. It is the music. The pacing, the editing, the voice act, like it is. It's which perfect. which trailer is it? It's the uh it's, it's, E3 2013? It's, yes, it's the Sins of the Father trailer. Okay. You see, I had thought about it maybe, but then when I look at the trailer again, I'm just reminded Oh, believe oh. me. I know. It's a disappointing game. I realize that, but nothing takes away from how much I adore that fucking trailer. It, it is. Yeah. It's the best trailer. It's my favorite. It's my favorite gaming trailer. I'll have to think about movie, but it probably beats that too. I just think it is the the best encapsulation of what a trailer's job is, and I think it does it f- phenomenally well. It was on my list, uh, Mark. I think I'm going to take the moment to gather all of us around and say, "What Smash Brothers trailer do we want to pick?" Because we're I feel I'm like... picking one, and you're picking one. Yeah. Oh, and do you have a Smash trailer? No, no. Uh, this is your guys' thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I picked everyone is here from Smash Ultimate. I think there was a lot of goosebumps to be had there. It was either this or the Smash Four reveal trailer. I feel like that. Uh, For got... me, actually, I picked, I picked the Brawl reveal trailer. The Brawl reveal trailer is the one that I picked because it is legendary. There is a magic behind it that cannot be replicated. It is ingrained. It is just ingrained to anyone who was growing up on, like, games and YouTube in the late 2000s, early 2010s. It is just, it's, it's, it, I feel like it's a great encapsulation of why I love Smash Brothers, that trailer. I feel a similar way with about Ultimate uh, being a culmination oh. of Smash to that moment. The four, I, uh, the main, the main ones I was willing to pick were Brawl. Everyone is here or Sephiroth. Those are the main three for me. But I, I thought King K rule was really good. I said I, I mentioned to Mark on the right home, like King K rule and Ridley. I also really love. I adore those trailer trailers, but I think it's more. I while I love them, I don't know if I can put like the Ridley reveal trailer next to Tetris Effect. You know what I mean? Yeah, Whereas true. Brawl. I can I can I can comfortably put the Brawl reveal trailer next to Tetris Effect. The you could also put the Sephiroth one next to it because of the moment where it seems like Mario has just been impaled. Impaled? <laughs> oh, it's it, again. It's 
I think one thing that the Sephiroth trailer, if you ever wonder, is a video game character loved when people, when you're watching reaction videos and people hear the first note of One Wing Angel, they know it's Sephiroth. That's when you know you've done a good job making, like, creating a popular character when people have such a love for him and his theme that the instant second that song starts playing, everyone instantly knows who it is and they're excited because they love that character so much. And it's just, and again, it's a legendary trailer for a character no one actually expected to get in. My fucking god, what a great trailer! Again, it's close. It was my top. It was my top three, but I am going with Brawl for mine. I don't know if we. Just, oh, do you just want to pick? two but that the third pick no no we'll just you have more than both of us i think so we'll just keep going until they're gone but um there is one heavy hitter still on the board and i feel like i have no right to take it Uh um so i'm gonna do one that i don't expect to make this like final top five but i just think it's an example of good marketing the first gta 5 gameplay trailer Ooh, yeah, I did not have this. Where it's literally just like eight minutes with a narrator, and it's, this is what you can do in the world of GTA V. And they take you all over the place, showing you different examples, introducing you to some of the characters, and they just explain it. And it's so clear, and it makes the game look so fun, that I think this is this is a level of, Games marketing that should be applauded. I've often said games marketing should be the easiest thing ever because all you need to do is show the game and have it look good. This is about as good of an example as you can get of just show the game and have it look good. And the fact that they include the narrator touch just so that it's like perfectly clear what you're seeing going on here is just very nice. I like I like the the ease of it. Mark. Um, so last two trailers, I don't think will uh, stand very tall here. But one of them is uh, a trailer I really love. One of my favorites is the very first reveals trailer they had for Xenoblade Chronicles X, when the game was only known as X, because it's mostly because at the time Xenoblade was a part of this like uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, Xenoblade and two other JRPGs uh, came to the West at this huge demand of a very vocal fan base, and no one really knew if any of these games were really going to have a future, uh, but then it is teased Monolith Soft, Xenoblade's actually getting a sequel, and then seeing it really up for the first time uh, on the Wii U, I, where I think X is one of the prettiest, from the world at least, uh, one of the prettiest Xenoblade games. So seeing the upgrade for the first time and the music I really like is this really huge orchestra that really kind of goes with like really sells you on this is going to be grander than what we saw before. And uh, I they, they really sell a promising thing of what, what could be the future for Xenoblade, a series that many had thought maybe wasn't going to really go anywhere. But now here we are today. A Xenoblade game is one of the highest reviewed games of the year, so. Maybe it doesn't mean as much, uh, but at the time, it was a huge deal for me. Peter? What? Do you have more? Oh, uh, real quick, is anyone writing many of these down? Yeah, I'm, I'm writing them on my phone right okay. now. 
This next one is one that for a franchise I don't necessarily have an affinity for, but acknowledge that this is an incredible trailer and kind of changed the game, and it's Gears of War Mad World. Oh, how did I not think of that? That is that is the that changed the game on I feel like marketing in general. I feel like it brought a seriousness to it that you now see in many trailers still to this day. It showed everyone what game marketing and game trailers can be. It felt like the next natural. It felt like the natural evolution for the art, and I think it's re- it's remarkable. I might have to fight for it for top five. I won't die for it, but I might be willing to fight because I have to acknowledge that it is such an important trailer in the medium, and still to this day has left a mark. Um. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. I completely forgot it existed. Um, I mean, maybe you guys are marking this off as a nostalgia pick. But I guess I'll just take it if neither of you guys are. I think the Kingdom Hearts 3 reveal trailer is great. I thought of it. I It never got on my list. I did remember it, but I just... I can't. I I can acknowledge the excitement I felt at the time was that of seeing like as if I as if I saw Santa Claus with my own eyes, but it, the hurt is too great. The hurt? You mean capital H hurt? Referencing Kingdom Hearts Recoded, the hurt from Kingdom Hearts. This is why it hurts, Owen. <laughs> this is why it hurts because it hurt that's what it's for. Now. That is what the franchise <laughs> belongs to is about. So. Again, I love that trailer, obviously. I just... And then if we were doing a list of the worst trailers ever, we could do the... Every other one! Every other Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer, yeah. Uh, That that trailer was on my list also. I just did not get to it yet. Well, I stole it from you. It's fine. We're going to talk about it later. It probably will rank because we care about it. I don't know. There's some big heavy hitters. Is it me or Mark? Mark. Uh, me, the last one I have to talk about is well, when I was looking through my trailers, I thought, okay, this is all stuff from the 2010s. I feel like I need something before the 2010s because I feel like there was a lot of cool trailers there, but not a lot of them necessarily resonate with me personally. But I was even talking with Peter in the car, just like, I think this is a really cool trailer I'm glad you're for going. a yeah, for a game. I don't particularly care for for a series. I even still, especially after this point in the series, don't really care for. But I gotta hand it: the trailers for this game in the late two thousands were always cool to see. Which and one specifically, make sure. Yeah, this one specifically. One. Yeah, this one specifically was the best I think of them all. And I'm gonna say the reveal for Assassin's Creed Revelations was a very cool trailer uh, for the end of Ezio's story. There, I am so proud of this pick. That trailer, I. I think Ubisoft is utter dog shit and have been for years. That trailer fucks. That revel- the, re- the reveal trailer for Assassin's Creed Revelations is fantastic, especially because I love Ezio as much as I do. I'm very happy that Mark picked that. Mm-hmm. The Assassin's Creed trailers for Ezio's games, I think, were all very, very cool. That's what, I feel like that's when cinematic trailers were at their peak at this point in time. A time where Ubisoft and even Blizzard uh, had a lot of big trailers. Whenever they dropped something, it was... Breaking it was news. around the same time as Mad World, Gears yeah. of War. This was when that that medium was really evolving to that next step. 
I don't know if I've actually seen that Gears of War trailer before, Peter. I'm not going to lie. It's very, oh, you should. It's good. I might watch that very shortly. But Owen, do you have any affinity for this Assassin's Creed trailer? Um, I don't know it. Oh, so, okay. oh! I don't know. Dang. Oh. Oh. I, I'm going to try and watch. I'll, I'll have to watch some of these on mute, some of the ones I don't know. Which kind of defeats the purpose because so much of it does have to do with the music involved. But I mean, if you'd be willing, like if we if we need like a time to like, all right, everyone, if there's any of these, because it's not like any of these like five or six minutes. If there's any of these we need to watch, we just like, all right, pause. We watch them and then we cut back in. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll go out of order here, quick, just to say my only other one I would mention. I don't think you guys have affinity for it. I had a nostalgic affinity for it, plus I did like it, is the Spider-Man 2018 trailer. The reveal trailer for that. It's good. I have another one from that year. Here are the other ones I have. Uh, the Super Mario Odyssey reveal trailer in 2017. It's magic. I love that trailer. Uh, the Last of Us 2 reveal. Where it's Ellie playing the guitar as the blood is like slowly drawing down her face as Joel walks in and just sees all the people she's brutally killed, and then they have that one little conversation at the end. I think of the what I think of the game, what I think of it, but that reveal trailer, I still I still get chills. Uh, I also had the Resident Evil Seven reveal trailer with the song Goto Aunt Rody playing with all the creepy imagery. You don't even know it's Resident Evil, and then by the end it says Seven. And then Resident Evil fills in. You're like, oh, fuck, that's great. And then, the, for me, I, I the MK11 launch trailer that has a remix of the movie theme for Mortal Like, the Mortal Kombat. Oh, like, I recorded that song on my flip phone. I did it through my computer speakers and made it my ringtone for a time. Yeah. And it sounded horrible, but I loved it. It is a re like a whole like an orchestral redone version of that song that Netherrealm had never used in any of the marketing for the games, and it's a song that meant so much to the Mortal Kombat community. And then I saw like grown Mortal Kombat fans bawling their eyes out to that trailer because that song and Mortal Kombat means so much to them, and that like that it's considered to be one of the best fighting game trailers of all time. The MK11 launch trailer is fantastic that's the last one those are all the ones i have all right uh this is going to be a good time for us to cut and watch some of these trailers that we aren't as familiar with all right we're back we are all caught up on trailers and we have a pretty big list here typically in list pass we like do a cut down phase and then we start ranking Seeing as we're only doing a top five, what we each did was rank a top ten, and we assigned points to each uh, to each ranking. So, like a ten is a one, nine, two, eight, three, so on and so forth, until uh, whatever we rank number one gets ten points. And we're just gonna do a point system and see how it works out for us. Let's do. Let's just go around and. Similar to how we were revealing trailers, let's reveal our ranking. Peter started last time. We can do that again. What was your number 10? Let me get my list up. My number 10 is the RE7 trailer. 
All right, that's one point for RE7. Um, was it Mark and then me? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, RE7 is also my number 10. RE7 is also my number 10. Wow. It's a, it's a solid 10 trailer. It's a really good trailer. That's crazy. So RE7. Well, it's not five, but congratulations. Total at three. Yeah. I gotta say, the only reason RE7 is my number 10 is because all the things that would be underneath it, I desperately did not want to rank them. Well, Jesus Christ, what an endorsement of RE7. They're uh, cool. My number nine is Assassin's Creed Revelations. So that is two points. My number nine Mark. is Mario Odyssey. Mario Odyssey, and I have that written somewhere. My number nine, shout out to the guy that I picked, is uh, the GTA Five gameplay trailer. Can so, I go? Yep. My number eight is the MK11 launch trailer. So that'll be three points for that. Um, I've got Assassin's Creed at eight. I have Xenoblade Chronicles X reveal. Wow, that really got you. Mm-hmm, yeah, go. no, I liked it. My oh, phone turned off. Or not turned off, but you know, uh, my number seven is the Kingdom Hearts three reveal trailer. So that's four points. My seven is Xenoblade X. Oh my god, that game's getting points. Four for Xenoblade. And I'm going to add another four to the Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer. My number six is Gears Mad World. So that will be five points for the Mad World trailer. I've got Everyone is Here at number six. Five for Everyone is Here. And my number six to earn five points will be the Sins of the Father trailer for MDS5. Low, don't you think? That's kind of low. I I was sold on other things. My number five is the Breath of the Wild reveal trailer. Like, you know what I mean. Six points for that. Mark your number five. I've got Brawl at number five. Six points for that, and it will be getting another six points because I also have it at number five. My number four is Dead Island. Wow, ranking it low for being the prospective favorite. Yeah, the next three are the next three. All right, Mark, your number four. Uh, I got Tetris at four. And I have Gears Mad World at four. Uh, number three is Brawl. So Brawl will be getting eight points. Mark. Oh, shit. Number three, Dead Island. Dead Island will be getting eight points. And my number three is the Breath of the Wild final trailer. 
getting eight points. My number two. I know this goes against what I said, and I still it's still my number one. But I think I mean you'll figure out MGS five is my number two. I was swayed by uh, rewatching a certain other trailer. So that is nine for that trailer. My number two uh, is Kingdom Hearts 3 Reveal. You might have just gotten that in the top ten, or top five, you bastard. And my number two is Tetris Effect. My number one is Tetris Effect. I still, MGS5 is still my favorite trailer. Tetris Effect is also one of my favorite trailers of all time. There's, I think I picked that just because it's it's shorter. And it's, again, I adore MGS5. But that Tetris Effect, it just feels like there's no other trailer like it. MGS5, there are other cinematic action trailers like it with like very narrative story beats. Whereas that Tetris Effect is just, it's like I'm... I feel like I'm peering into a galaxy. A Tetris Effect trailer just makes you feel like I am in, like, unknown land. Never seen this before, never been here before. But all the positive effects that could come with something like that, it's it's bliss. Mark, your number one? Number one, Breath of the Wild, the best video game trailer. And my number one is Dead Island. Okay, now... The MK11 launch trailer is great. Come on. Like, I don't think you... All right, fine. I watched that trailer and I didn't understand anything that was happening except the music. Sorry, Peter. I know nothing about Mortal Kombat. Except Scorpion. I watch, I watch, I watch all the Netherrealm story modes. So, okay. While I add stuff up, here's a conversation. Only one person ranked everyone is here i didn't include it for mine i just did brawl i the rule i gave myself was only one smash trailer so i picked brawl here is my hot take that i developed re-watching it i don't love the trailer besides the everyone is here moment i think one thing that takes away from it for me is like all throughout the brawl trailer, there is fight audio. There is no audio of anything that's happening on the stages or the characters like coming out in any way going that's on fair. in that trailer. There's only music. Well, I still get out of his tube. There's music. There's the sound effects of Mario getting out of his tube at the very beginning. Actually, he there's did. that, but then but then the audio cuts out. It was like jarring to me. Fair. I still adore that trailer, obviously. Again, it's my number two, but I was only going to allow myself to pick one Smash trailer, and it was Brawl. I just think uh, a lot of the trophies here, I have zero feelings toward the trophies. And a lot of the trailers we have here, I look at Metal Gear Solid 5 trailer, and I feel nothing because I know what Metal Gear Solid 5 is. This trailer. Yeah, you picked Kingdom Hearts 3? What the fuck? Uh, different. Different. I, I have mixed feelings about Kingdom Hearts 3. That was monumental. A build up to three. It was just Metal Gear. I say just. It was the next Metal Gear Solid Five. Kingdom Hearts Three had so much build up to it. I'm still doing math. Sorry, guys. You're fine. 
Um, the Last of Us Two reveal. Peter, we talked about this. I only the only thing exciting about it is that a new Last of Us coming. That's the only thing I ever felt about it. I didn't like that trailer very much either back when it came out. I like it so much. I think it does a good job of tricking you into thinking you're going to like The Last of Us Part Two. I know it did me. Sure. Whatever. That's your take on it. I I I was browsing before, like last week, when we were talking about this topic, and this was in a lot of people's like one of the best trailers ever. And I thought everyone was so fucking crazy. Just like, just say you like The Last of Us. That's all you need to say for this trailer. You're excited at the promise of The Last of Us because this trailer doesn't really do a lot of things. Uh, what else was on there? Uh, Sins of the Father, pretty mid. Song's great. Trailers, whatever. The fact that they just hit the fast forward horse movement, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Um, one thing I enjoy is that Kojima will occasionally just like tweet out that he's like looking at some of the old trailers. He'll always specify that he cut every single one, and then he'll always add on. Still think it's pretty good. <laughs> um, and I have our top five. At number five is Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, with 17 points. Fine. And number four is the Brawl reveal trailer with 20. And number three is the Breath of the Wild final trailer at 24. Number two is Dead Island with 25. And number one is Tetris Effect with 26. I'm okay. Oh, just beat it by one. I'm okay with that. That Tetris Effect trailer is sublime. Yeah, no, I th- I think that's a, I think this is a good top five. I'm happy with this. Say it one more time for me. Uh, number five, KH three. Number four, Brawl reveal. Number three, Breath of the Wild final trailer. Number two, Dead Island. Number one, Tetris Effect. The only top five or ten list Dead Island will ever find itself in. Yes. Um, um I feel I feel bad that we didn't mention the announcement trailer for Seven Remake because that was a really really big deal. No, I thought no, but that's like yeah. that's just a reveal. Yeah, or not that's even how I was thinking. An announcement. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it's not a great trailer. It's a good moment, not a great trailer. Yeah. Um, before we get out of here, Mark, just one question. Uh huh. Have you been watching Sakurai's YouTube channel? I haven't yet. Oh my god, no. I find it quite enjoyable. I, I have to, though. Um, I just want to see more of what Sakurai is going to do. He's just going to... like. It's funny, Kojima announces a podcast, and everyone just like laughs about it. Sakurai has a YouTube channel. No one blinks an eye. That's what I said to Owen! I said the same thing to Owen. It's just like the Kojima podcast. It was like, oh, whatever. And then Sakurai does. It's like, all right, everyone, shut the fuck up and watch like, it. All right, it's important. I, I want to say one of the differences is like Sakurai has had so many presentations where instead of talking about the character, he just shows you around his house and everyone loved it. Or just Sakurai's talking about also, the main difference is Sakurai is a lot more humble than Hideo Kojima. I, I was about to say that. The, like, I love Kojima. It's a little weird how often he references his genius mind. Or, like, they both have the same effect where, like, whenever you can see it with, like, how Nintendo has been marketing the last couple Smash games, when it's just like, all right, and next, he doesn't need an introduction, you know who he is, here you go. And then you see a Sakurai, you're like, oh my god, Sakurai. And you get the same thing with Kojima, except Kojima announces five or six times beforehand that it's going to be him, 
and that you see his name plastered everywhere whenever you're looking at Hideo Kojima, or Sakurai's like, hi, how's it going? I really like Final Fight. I hope you guys do. There's... Well, I have no doubt that they're both absolute freaks and psychopaths with their attention to detail. There is something way more blue-collar about Sakurai that I respect. Because Hideo Kojima likes to hang out with, like, Hollywood stars and American actors, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I, you can see that Hideo very much has a love and, like, longing for, like, the 80s, 90s American action films and just really American film. And he wants to be in that community. He wants to be in that crowd. Whereas I feel like if Sakurai never met another game developer, I don't think he'd give a shit. Yeah. There's definitely that energy to it. Okay, well, we can end this episode now. <laughs> this has been... BNY episode 73 and I think we're back on a weekly schedule here so no, see you all not next promise week. Anything. Well, hopefully we're not promising yeah. hopefully mm. okay I, see you guys I just want you guys to know before I say goodbye I've already purchased and ordered my copy of Mirror's Edge for PlayStation 3 it's free huh. on Game Pass but I need to own it physically Peter alright and you bought it well you should like Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You're going to play it on our PS3? I have to. It's the only way I can, and own it physically. Was that or, a 360? Or, or you can play it on Game Pass, and it might even have FPS boost. I'm not positive on that. No, I think EA. No, it does because all the EA originals titles, all the EA, yeah, all the EA titles did get. Not all of them, but a lot of them did. Um, I simply don't own. I simply don't own an Xbox, and there's nothing I can do about it. Well, why aren't you going to get your PC fixed five years from now? It's a long process, Peter. I don't want to talk yeah. about it. All right. This has been BNY, everybody. We'll see you next week, probably. We are. Yep, yeah, we did that already. All right, bye.